Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. How are that's, you, sir? That's me. That's me. I'm Kevin. I am great, grand, and wonderful. Some might was, say, well, some might say I'm ready to grok and roll. Grok and roll, baby. Grokking it up. <laughs> that's so funny. Before we came on the air, we were like just asking about our day and like, you know, or just asking how we were. And you ready to do this? I was like, yeah. Matt's like, all right, grok and roll. Grok and roll. Let's do it. How was your uh, How was your Easter? Oh man, uh, pretty uneventful. Uh, the, the kid, the nieces came by for a little bit, but they went to my sister in law's family for the most of the day. But they came back. My dad had Easter Easter baskets set up for them. They ran around like nuts. And, how, uh, uh, how old are your nieces? Uh, Madeline is five, and Abigail is three. Okay, so they're the same ages as my niece, niece and nephew. Um, are they fucking maniacs? Yesterday they were because I can only imagine just because of the sugar that they had from the. They probably had a whole lot of candy at right at the in laws, which is fine. But yesterday, yesterday they were a bit rambunctious, and yeah, like as soon like they didn't want to do anything like. Until like it was time to go, and then they started pulling all like the toys out of like the the toy box and all that stuff. So like not like and my brother and sister in law are like, no guys, it, we're not pulling out any more toys here. It's time to go home because you right. put your your pajamas are going on at like four o'clock. Yeah, my niece and nephew were fucking maniacs yesterday. Absolute mania. At one point, I looked at my both my sister in laws who both have children, and I said. This is why we have cats. Yeah, yeah. But God, your cats are your cats are batshit crazy too, dude. No, not like, not like this. It was, dude. Nelly interrupts us every single week. Yeah, but I don't have to like you know haggle with Nelly to eat her food so she could have another piece of candy. But you do have to forcibly remove her from so places. Look, I'll take that all day. You know what Nelly did all day today? She slept. She didn't make a fucking sound, and uh, I gave her some treats. She's nowhere to be found, so don't you summon her. No, okay. no, she's coming. I mean, she. I mean, you have you have your headphones on, so she can't really hear me. But she's on the way, dude. Yeah. As soon as Big Vin or Lash Larue joins us tonight, Nelly will make an appearance. All right, that's just we'll a, see. We'll have to wait and see. It's a lock. Um, it's a lock. But uh, we got a huge show. Kevin just mentioned our guest tonight. No Tony oh, yeah. tonight. Yeah, um, Dunkless. He's doing a uh, cliff walks or some. Something fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah. Taking long walks off short cliffs. We can hope. He was he's on vacation. Um I want to commend you guys. Last week was an excellent episode, a very oh. fun listen. Oh, uh, thank I you. was in fucking work hell for the last 12 days. So how'd you how'd you feel about that first question with Moses? Oof. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> totally I'm surprised true. the interview continued. <laughs> I think it was because he knew and we knew that it was such a terrible question that any answer other than the one that people would have wanted was going to be bad. And it was going to be a one word answer. It was going to be no. So, oh, so you got you got cat problems. You got mosquito problems. I don't know what I, it was a little bug. I swatted it out of the air. A little bug. Little yeah, I had bug. all the windows open on. Saturday, I, uh, uh, I had I had a morning event mm-hmm. for the truck, and then I had like an eight-hour gap in between. So I did a bunch of cleaning for Easter, and I uh, reorganized my podcast room a little bit. Uh, it I looks have, exactly the same. 
No, the the shelves where the figures go. I oh. finally got the stands for the AEW figures, uh, and I had the Dark Order set I had to open, uh, and a couple other, uh, like the Good Brothers. I finally got them out of package and displayed them, and I had the Darby in the coffin and the barbed wire. Uh, Let them breathe, huh? Figures. So, uh, and I wrapped up like, uh, I wrapped up some other figures that I just, I didn't want to have out and I moved some things around. So it was, but I had all the windows open. So I'm sure there was some bugs flew in or something. I don't fucking know. Uh, it happens. Happens to the best of us. As long as no birds flew in. Cause I we had no been. birds, but you had a good Easter. Yeah. Good Easter. Yours. Yours was good too. Oh, it yeah. was great. The fan, look, we hosted, the family was here. Everyone was gone by like five o'clock. It was fantastic. The kids were a little yeah, maniacal, if that's even a word. <laughs> maniacal? It's they a, were fucking, it was. <laughs> sounds like a dinosaur. It was crazy town, USA. That's right. But uh, I had, like I said, I had a lot of time Saturday, so I organized the toy room and I watched, I caught up on a lot of wrestling, Kevin. A lot of wrestling that I haven't been watching. I hadn't Good. watched. You can, fill, you can fill me in. I definitely will. I hadn't watched anything since Supercard of Honor. That's the last wrestling I watched. That was like three weeks ago. Yeah. Or something. Maybe not. It was like two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. So uh, so I spent uh, most of the day fr- uh, Saturday catching up on the NWA. Why are you saying it like that, by the way? Saturday? Yeah. What are you doing? No. Are you doing like a Dana Carvey, like uh, church lady impression? No. Isn't that special? Uh, and then between Saturday and today, I caught up on AEW. All of it, all three Hell shows. I watched. I watched five shows, Kevin. I had to watch last week's Dynamite because I didn't watch the FTR Young Bucks match. I had to watch Moxley Yuta. Oh yeah, right those. And then I watched Dynamite from this week, Rampage and Battle of the Belts. So we got a lot, lot to talk about tonight. You could all put. We could all bundle that into one big sphere. Oh, yeah, we're going oh, to. We're going to sphere it up. We got big effing Vin tonight. We got Lash LaRue. No Tony. Uh, and it's all next here. Hold on now. I got to do all the shit. Yeah, it's right. all next here. On the show. The ha- Notice you went with the hat tonight, too. I did wear a hat tonight, like you. We're the hat right. brothers. Like, you guys are like the two-man army. I don't have a fun intro. So no, I'm no, we'll figure it out. We'll do a... Uh... The Mad Hatters, maybe, or something there like that. There you go. I like it. We're the Mad Hatters. Right. Uh, episode 581 is here next. All for you, the lovely people of the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. The following is a presentation of the Shining Wizards Network, broadcasting live on rantiumradio.com and available on all podcast platforms and at shiningwizards.com. Follow us on social media at Wizards Podcast. Check out our merchandise at merch.shiningwizards.com. Do your Amazon shopping at amazon.shiningwizards.com and become a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash wizards podcast. As always, we thank you for your continued support. And now, enjoy the show. This is Joseph Samael, the global dealer in violence, and you're listening to the Shining Wizard Podcast.
Oh, yeah. It is Monday night, and you know what that means. It is time for the wrestling talk and the talk about wrestling. You are listening to the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. Well done, Matt. I'm Matt. <laughs> KJG. You saved that intro because I, I I had my mic muted, so I couldn't jump in for the, the talk about wrestling. But You just ran with it, baby. A plow through, my friend. That's what you got to do. Plow through. That's right. Kevin, okay. I have a fun, I have a fun little treat for you, right? Uh, so I felt like there was a little animosity last week because I never opened any packages on the Shining Wizards Wrestling podcast for you. Any figures? You have, haven't you? I don't know, but I felt like you guys uh, were hot about it last week. A little jelly. I don't even remember. All right. Well, Kevin, I got a package today. That's all right. Show me the package. Uh, it's in an Amazon box. It's Amazon. not from Amazon. I think I know what it is. I don't want to turn it around because it has my address on there. Everyone knows your address. You invite everyone to your home all the time. Well, I don't, you know, we got up some big guests tonight. I don't need some weird, you know, stranger. That's a good point. Them, you know, showing up at my house. Hi, Kate. Kate's in the, in the chat. So Kate the Great. I see the Mott Spock is there. What's up, Mr. Motty Spock? The Moots. All right, let's go. Let's go. All right, so Matt, so for people listening in podcast form. Oh, yeah, you should. You know what? You, you, you shouldn't be listening in podcast form. I mean, you should, but you should watch. You should join us. You should join us live, man. It's a party. Like the, the, the beverages are flowing. We are, uh, we are having a good time. We are opening. We are live unboxing, if you will. That's what the community says. And Matt has a whole lot of big old bubble wrap. I do. Kevin, this is a past guest of the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. That must be a Mattel Austin Theory elite figure because he's a great past guest of the show. It's not Kevin. It is a challenge. Oh, no, no, let, me guess, let me guess. Past guest of the show. Figure. What What company? Cella. So that's got to be... You probably already have the Blue Meanie. You probably already have the... Nick Aldis, you probably already have. Was there a tugboat? Was there you probably no? You, and Bull Nakano was never on the show. It's got to be a jet now. Jay White was never on the show. Um, you have to rub that in. I was just trying to think of cellas. Is he, oh, Adam, oh, Brian Clark. Is it Adam Bomb? Boom, Adam Bomb in the house. Look at that. You got two. Look at that. Look at that. Look at those cards. How, how sturdy are the cards? Oh, they're beautiful. So ones to open, ones to keep in box? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or on card, if you will? Absolutely. That's gorgeous. Yeah, man. Did you pre-order any of the Zombie Sailor? I did. Which ones? All of them? Uh, yes. Except for, except for my guys? <laughs> no, I got them all. Oh, you did? You ordered the, the Myers and the, and the Cardones? Yeah, I got the first set of the Heels and Faces series, and I pre-ordered the uh, the Danhausen one they put on sale over the holidays. And uh, they're, they're making an atom bomb, too, I think. I think Zombie yeah. is making an atom bomb. And he'll have a Dino, which looks great, a Sabu, which looks great. Um, and Earl Hebner. Earl Hebner, I think a, a Double J. He signed a lot of people. Yeah, yeah Double right. J Orange Card. I pre-ordered that, too. Yeah. I think there's two double. No, no, that was the uh, major Bendy's thing. 
Only one double J. Uh, he's working hard on. I hope everyone out there in the chat and listening in podcast form had an excellent Easter and Passover uh, and a Passover and a Ramadan. Right. That was all like. Uh, yeah. Like, Ramadan lasts for like six months, I think. It was like a superstorm on Friday. Yeah. Big, big uh, holiday extravagance, if you will. Uh, we're going to do tons of wrestling talk, talk about wrestling. Big Vin joining us soon. Um, Kevin, something that caught my attention. Uh, I'm in. Anything that catches Matt's attention, that's, that's, a, that's a show open right there, baby. This might be a hot take. And people might not agree with me. Oh, no. oh, um, do, wait, do you, are you aware of this Liv Morgan thing? I'm aware that Liv Morgan is a person and she's a tag team partner of Ruby Riot on the Raw brand. And they both they both dress like the bunny from AE Dub. Uh well, Kevin, Liv Morgan had to put out a statement on social media over the weekend that um She's also from New Jersey, two oh one, baby. There are people out there pretending to be her, and one poor guy sold his fucking house and gave all the money to a fake Liv Morgan. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I how scared I, fucking God. How did I not see that? Wait. So wait, wait. Why would people... Kevin, right. people are stupid. That's an understatement. Uh, see, I am a big proponent of... I assume everybody is stupid until you prove me wrong. I don't know how this... Ha- I don't know... So Tony's got a long happened. way to go. I'm sorry? So Tony's got a long way to go. Don't, I think Tony... Look, he's a lawyer. All right, he puts it on on the show, and I think that's because he doesn't get to be that guy. Yeah. Uh, the other fucking two hundred hours in the week he's not doing the podcast. I was just taking a little dig because he's not here. He's not here. He's doing so, wait, so let me let me run this back to you the way I heard it. Yep. Someone sold their home and gave all of the proceeds. To a fake Liv Morgan. Yes, this is All from right. her Twitter account two days ago. So now here's what's insane. Let's see if someone did this and gave the money to the real Liv Morgan, it would be just as asinine and just as stupid. So the fact that this guy did this at all and it just happens to be a fake Liv Morgan, you know what? He got what he deserved. Kevin, I didn't think you would be on my side for oh. this, but I'm with you 100%. No. He tweeted two days ago, a man sold his home and lost everything thinking he was helping me. This has me so sick. Please know I would never reach out and ask uh, any of you for a single penny. I'm so sad. Please stop. <laughs> until, until she signs like eight by tens at like WrestleCon and like. I don't in, understand. In How fucking stupid are you? All right. I don't know anything about this guy. Is he mentally I, abled? Is I don't he... know. Who th- I don't know who this person is. If if someone took advantage of someone who doesn't have all their faculties, then yes, bad job, doesn't deserve it. But just on the details that you gave initially, and that's what I'll go by. I'll assume he's a regular man like you or me, and he sold his home and gave it to a fake Liv Morgan. Fake Liv Morgan. That's- bad guy, bad job, jerk face mafia, and he deserves he deserves never to see that money again. It is, bro. People are fucking wild. It's wild. It's crazy. Yeah, this is a great point by Kate. 
I mean, mentally able enough to own a house on their own. So yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's fucking the fact this (laughs) poor girl had to fucking put out this tweet, bro. Somebody sold their fucking house and gave a fake Liv Morgan their money. That's hysterical. God, but is this fake Liv Morgan single or what? Do we know that? I have no (laughs) idea what this. I just I don't. I can't even wrap my brain, bro. I can't. There is fucking. I, I I don't know words. I can't even. I can't Matt, even it's, put it, a, a thought I, here. I don't even know how I didn't see this, bro. Today, Sammy Guevara got his Twitter hacked, and he was like, "I got three PS5s. I'm selling at face value, and I'll autograph." That happened. That happened to both Smart Mark and uh, Hornswoggle too. Bro, people are. You got to do that two. Deal. You got to do that two step off this uh security authenticity thing. So when every time you there's something every time you log into Twitter from a new place, you gotta log in with your password and then you gotta get the code sent and you put that bad boy in. Or you gotta stop believing everything you see on the fucking internet. Sammy Guevara's not giving away PS5s. He's too busy making fucking signs with Tay Conte. What's up? I don't want to dive right into it yet because this is, oh, this we'll is get incredibly there. entertaining. We'll get there. Okay. Because big big F and Vin should be joining us any minute now. But we'll get there, Kevin. I saw you were live tweeting Battle of the Belts. I know you got a lot of questions, and hopefully I'm the man that has some answers. Yeah, I was live tweeting a whole lot of stuff this weekend. Just not not as as often as I would for, say, like Impact or stuff, but uh, which still kills me to this day that I have to wait till like the next day to watch Impact because every time you go on Twitter, Impact, kudos to Impact and AEW and WWE because whoever runs their social media is on point. Like you can't even get like, a 15 minute or 10 minute or five minute or three minute or two minute buffer zone between the time you see something or, and when it's on their Twitter, I mean, AEW, I mean, impacts probably a little easier cause it's taped, but they're really good at that. So like, I can't be on uh Twitter to live tweet impact because I see everything before I watch it. And it stinks. Gotcha. It stinks. Stinks. And I don't like it. I don't like it. I want my, I want my impact back on Twitch. That's what I need. Yeah, no. I look, I I, I agree with you 100%. Sorry, or, my brain is like or so Xfinity cool. needs to start carrying Access TV. That would be another great solution. I still can't get over this Liv Morgan thing. All right. So, how much did is there a dollar amount? No, she did she didn't put a dollar amount in there. Um and I'm <laughs> Just you know, you know what's gonna fucking, suck now though? The fucking guy that attacked Seth Rollins that said he was talking to Seth Rollins and that he wanted to fight him. People are fucking dumb. Wait, the guy that attacked Seth Rollins? That was on a raw, right? Yeah, and he was like he clicked he claimed that it was from like a Twitter. Oh yeah, because like he, he he thought that he texted like or he owed him money or something like that. It's just fucking wrestling fans. Dude, remember when the guy at the Hall of Fame just like speared Bret Hart? And then like yeah. And then Becky Lynch's wife, or not Becky Lynch, <laughs> Becky, oh no, Ronda Rousey's husband jumped in, and then David Hart Smith came in and just rolled him. Yeah, and fucking uh, Cash fucking punched him right in his grill. That was the bet. See, all right. So everyone that loves FTR, I like them. I never got the infatuation and the love for them, but just bringing that up, when he just nailed them while they were carrying him out, when he was completely just like incapacitated and subdued, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big FTR guy now, just because that just reminded me of how 
awesome they are. I fucking love, love fucking FTR. And then there's always uh, that video always surfaces of Triple H and Stone Cold at like the garden and the fan gets in there and Triple H beats the dog shit out of him. Yeah, which I never got out of Triple H. Like I never thought he would be like a guy that would do that. You got to protect the boys. Oh, of course. All right, let me get rid of this banner and let's bring in Vin. Yeah, big effing Vin. Big effing Vin. What's up, Vin? Yo, what's up, guys? Now, I love the fucking beard. This guy, look, it's like a progression. It's like my beard, Kevin's beard, and then Vin's got like the beard. Oh yeah, dude. This thing is uh this thing is something to 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 manipulate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I mean it's it's beautiful because you can do stuff like I mean, hold on. Let's see if you can still do it. Do it, do whatever, do whatever you want. So you could put stuff in there. It's like an extra pocket. Hey, what are you hiding in there? Oh, what'd you put in there? Oh, I put a whole joint. Holy nice. shit. A whole joint. Look at that fucking uh, beard. Dude, it's, that's awesome. It's like a pocket. Exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. you could you could literally it's the best thing ever for concerts. I'll tell you that. They don't they never check a beard. That's incredible. What what else have you put in there? Um, that pencils, um, just for a heck of it, you know, um, that's really it. I'm not gonna lie. I've never had any other use to put anything in there. That's incredible. Like, money. money. Yeah. Like imagine if all your hands are full, all of a sudden, like you could just put something right in there. Oh yeah. That's right. I mean, right here is like a, I, I'm like, I do construction. I'll put my pencil right there. Yeah. My work that's pencil just, right there. Boom. Yeah. Easy out. access. That's so genius. How how long have you had the beard? Um, a couple of years now. Are you uh, so. you're you're married, right? Yep, just got married, just moved. That's why my entire house looks like this right now. Congratulations! Right. Has Thank the you. wife ever seen you without the beard? Yeah, when we first met, actually. Uh, I was just starting to grow the beard out when we first met. Because uh, I've been with my wife for at least twelve years. And she's seen me without the beard once, and she hates my fucking face. She mm. hates it. Oh, I mean, it's hard because, I mean, this is like a character in itself. Right. You know I mean? I, I hate looking like a baby face all the time. They're, and they're, those videos where those fathers shave the beards and then the kids won't go near them are hysterical. That'll never happen. My beard will be down to here by the time I have kids. <laughs> <laughs> God, well, uh, we got Big F and Vins joining us. Um, I got your shit right here. Hold on. I'm a little That's disheveled. Right. We'll there. there we we'll go. There. Uh, on the social media at Big F and Vin 911. Big underscore Vin underscore 911 on Instagram. Um, for those not familiar with you, Vin, uh, tell them your story. Uh, so basically, my, uh, my story is, of course, uh, when I was younger, I grew up in the wrestling business. Um, you know, I, I, I used to go to the shows with my dad's, and all of a sudden, he started, you know, bringing me out with him. I was 411. Uh, he got me a little leather vest to match him. I got, I, I literally, from gear to head to toe, I matched him. So, um, we go and we do this bunch of stuff. We worked with this guy named Dapper, which anybody who knows anything about wrestling in Jersey knows who Dapper is. Dapper Dan. Dapper, oh, man, dude. He is, uh, he was such a good character as a person. And, I mean, yeah, you know. People, bookers are bookers when it came to that era of wrestling in New Jersey. But, man, he was one hell of a dude. He, all the time, he always used to pack shows, man. That guy always used to do good. Anyway, uh, fast forward a little bit. Um, uh, you know, I went through high school doing sports or stuff like that. 
You know, I, you know, but at the same time I was doing sports, I'm doing backyard wrestling in my house in the moon bounce. Um, so like I'd be going to football practice and then at the football practice, my friends had already got my house getting everything ready. So we can start the wrestling show. Cause I had a farm. So everybody would just meet me in my house. My parents didn't care. So, um, I mean, there's, and then from the, from the backyard, you know, keep going on and on. That's where I met people like Zane and Deppin and stuff like that. That's where we all wrestle. You know, that's where we all got to meet up and become friends. I remember wrestling Deppin. Uh, man, he can, he can, he can fly out that ring. I'll tell you that thing when he's pissed, um, <laughs> <laughs> from the backyard, uh, went to this wrestling around little local shows in New Jersey, you know, but no matter what, I still, I still kept my contacts while other, like, you know, like I still try to keep my, uh, my shoot job, like building construction, no matter what, because I mean, I built houses and I built rings. There's nothing I really can't build. So it's always, you know, it's always good to make money anywhere you can go. So, so those not familiar uh, that aren't picking up or you're not watching, you're listening in podcast form, you are the son of 911, ECW legend uh, 911. Growing up in the business, I mean, your father is a monster of a man. And I can tell you, as someone who's been in the ECW arena, when fucking Frankenstein hits, it's the greatest. Unbelievable. Growing up in the business, I mean, was it just like, it's like, is it one of those things where it's just like natural for you to be in a locker room, be around the wrestlers? Like you go yeah. to school and the kids are like, Oh my God, your father's a, a, he's an ECW. He's a WCW wrestler. Or you're like, it, Whatever, it, it might sound bad. weird, but there was not a lot of wrestling fans in my, uh, in my school. Uh, I grew up in a, a dude. I tell you, in my entire school, I had eight wrestling fans that were there and they were all in my backyard wrestling with us. <laughs> yeah. You know, because uh, I, I was only, I'm born in 1992. So I only caught the end of my dad's ECW career. Okay. So I was only back there for a little bit. And then a lot of it was us traveling on the East Coast and doing a little stuff like that. My dad still went to India, stuff like that. Um, uh, he went to, uh, I think he told me Taiwan, uh, Aruba. They wrestled in a bunch of weird places, you know, after, after ECW was over and stuff like that. So I, I but no matter what, I mean, I, I grew up in, like that wrestler Slayer, Atomic Dog, all these, like you know, even Sabu and old wrestlers like Sandman, Sabu. These guys were at my my birthday parties. That's, uh, awesome. <laughs> That's so insane. So, like, I mean, Bam Bam. I mean, Bam Bam Bigelow was at one of my birthday parties when I was young, young. I mean, it's just uh, it, it, it. I always I always got the uh, no matter what before I even entered the back room, I knew what back room etiquette was. I knew what not to do and what to do. I was treated as an adult in the back room. I wasn't treated like, you know, uh, I, my dad never treated me like a kid. I was always working as a kid. Um, uh, I Like, if my dad was too tired to drive home at 13, 14 years old, my dad would have me drive home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he, oh, he taught me how to drive very early. Uh, as young as I can remember, I've been riding horses, uh, driving tractors, stuff like that. You know, and so, I mean, I've been driving, this, I've been driving a backhoe literally as long as my mind can go back. I've been driving a backhoe by myself. So, I mean, my, my father was always a, a hard ass country man. I loved him to death for that. He, he brought me up in this world and he knew, he, he knew what to do with me. It's funny. It's funny that I, I don't, I want to focus more about you, but I just want to have a, of a, a story about your dad that uh, is super, it's, it's, cra- it's crazy to me. It's nothing, nothing, it's nothing wild, but my boss at my actual, I live in West Orange, New Jersey. 
Yeah. Like up north. And I, you guys, I, I, your dad is South Jersey, correct? Yep. Well, we were okay. like, uh, yeah, uh, he, lived, he lived in Jackson. Yeah. Okay. So my boss was down, my, like, my day job boss was down in like, South Jersey at a beach having a few beers. And he met like your dad and they were just hanging out and, and drinking and, uh, or, or maybe not, drink, I don't know who was drinking or what, but they were just hanging out. Oh, my dad drinks. You know, okay. Beautiful. Bad. I didn't want to say something out of school. Oh no. My dad, my dad will out drink any man I've ever met in my life. Trust me. Beautiful. But my, but my boss comes back and he goes like, Kevin, you do a wrestling podcast. Right. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, don't, I, I was out drinking with, um, what's his name? A guy named, uh, uh, to, but he used the WCW like, Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone. And, like, and uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's nine one one ECW legend, WCW superstar. And he's like, yeah, he's a good guy, he's a really good guy. And I'm like, and um, I I just again, there's really no point to the story, but it's just something that I thought was really cool. And how like my boss came back to me and and said how he was having a few beers with your dad. Oh, dude, my dad, there's a lot of people that known to have beers with my dad. You know how many people I met in a few? I mean, uh, I mean, what's his name? Always has beers with my dad now. Um, he'll randomly uh, come by um, uh, Crowbar. Uh, crowbar randomly just come by. Uh, he lives, like, right down the road from us. Um, Rhett Titus used to come by and hang out with me all the time. He was a good Rhett, – Rhett's a good friend of mine. I love him. Yeah, Go, two great guys right there. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, he, he's – I, mean, I remember a Rhett Titus used to come around. A lot of people don't know this. I used to run a wrestling school in Weartown, New Jersey. Um, <laughs> in, what town? in what town? In Weartown, New Jersey. I don't even know where. It, uh, it never took off very well. <laughs> I wasn't I, I wasn't the name I am at this point right now in my career. So I guess that's probably why. I, I think I jumped the gun a little bit on it. I had the money to do it, so I just kind of threw I, – I went into it. Yeah. That's right. Cool. So you're you're – Growing up in the wrestling industry, backyard wrestling, having a good time. When did you decide, all right, time to get out of the backyard, time to go and get in the ring? It might sound weird, but I feel like that one backyard pretty much like ended. Like uh, we used to do shows at BXW and M- we used to uh, in like um, in Pennsylvania. We used to do like, all these other shows and stuff like that. And I tell you, I backyarded until I was probably 23, 24 years old. I loved it. I traveled. I went to Florida. People came down from England to wrestle with us. I mean, Will Ospreay backyard wrestled with us, for God's sakes. He'd come down to America and backyard wrestle with us. Like, we had a big backyard wrestling following to get to where we are, and, and let alone to get to where we are right now. Uh, like, we pushed each other to a limit right? in that backyard. Like, we weren't wrestlers who just yarded in the ring. We were wrestlers who went out there and, like, wanted to know how to do this like a lot of us didn't have training a lot of us just went in there and we got better from working with better people you know so like i mean i i can say for myself straight up i haven't had much training at all besides of course my father teaching me how to wrestle and stuff like that when it comes to schools and all everything i picked up a lot of my moves and stuff like that was all me learning and wanting to do this kind of stuff in backyard so I didn't really start wanting to get into pro until, honestly, until one of my my backyard friends started to run his own show, Kyle Cuts. Um, uh, uh, Kyle Cuts uh, ran a show around New Jersey called JCPW Jersey Championship uh, pro, uh, pro Wrestling, and then he started getting into pro, and then like he made the pro business. I wrestled for him once, and immediately people went up to me asking me if I can come wrestle with them uh, in a place called SWF, and I went with them, and I went to a bunch of other places, and. 
Then I ended up at GCW. <laughs> yeah, and, you, and uh, let's talk GCW. I was there at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, the world, huge moment for GCW. Um, and they opened it up with a battle royal. And, and at the end of the day, your hand is raised. What did it mean to you to, to A, be a part of such a groundbreaking experience uh, and B, to, to be given the ball to run and, you know, be the winner of the first ever uh GCW pay-per-view match. Dude. So over the years, I busted my ass for a lot of different companies. And there were a lot of like, you know, companies that I don't think I'm not trying to say it in like a, like, um, like a, like a dick way, but I felt like they didn't deserve the, like all I can give. They just deserve the wrestler and they didn't deserve everything I could put out for them. Like I do for GCW like the weapons and the building the rings and stuff like that. I've been doing, I did that for other people. And when I tell you the, the amount of, um, the, the amount of like, um, receiving and I get, and I wasn't good on the other scenes. GCW, they've put me on like this pedestal and like, I feel like I have to live up to that pedestal a lot. So when they gave me, uh, of course the opportunity to be in the match at Hammerstein, I was blown away. I mean, come on. Hammerstein Ballroom, just being there was something. And then, of course, winning the match, I didn't know what to do with my life. Uh, <laughs> like, didn't know what to do with my life when I have, like, I forgot I won at the end. When I threw him out, I was looked up. You see my, me taking that breath. That breath is me going, what's next? And going, oh, shit, there's nothing left. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> it's over. I won. And I couldn't, it was just one of those things that when it hits you, it, it doesn't hit you until that moment set in. So, I mean, the, the amount of give back I've gotten from GCW is just, it's overwhelming. It really is. And I love every, I love every single person that has been involved in helping me out to this. I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, but I just got play. I, I'm number 10 in, G, uh, in GCW and PWI. I just got voted. Uh, oh, like really? Number, yeah. I just got to vote number 10 wrestler in GCW straight up. I got I got heat with PWI. They they haven't delivered my latest uh, issue yet. I gotta look at the. I might have to go to the fucking store. What's the point of me subscribing if you're not gonna yeah. mail me my magazine? PWI. Yeah. What the? Uh, yeah. Get, get on that shit. Absolutely. Because then he would be able to see it already. He would already know yeah. about this. Is it the Okada issue? Yes, it is. The black edition. The the black the black face. You son of a bitch. I'll send you guys the. I'll send you guys a little article in the picture after. Ah, it's fantastic to be in the PWI. That's the oh, most dude. Moment. Oh my god, my dad was in the PWI. He was PWI's rookie of the year in 1996. Yes, 96 or 94. 96. Oh, well, I don't know. Need to check. <laughs> I think it's 1996. I want to say 96. God, it's it's so funny that like PWI after all these years, like that was a big deal. Like you looked at the top ten for like every like from WWF to WCW to like global championship. Yeah, like, to, like, you looked at all like. You know, world class. You looked at them all. I'm so the fact even, that I'm barely ever even in PWI, let alone number ten in GCW. I was like, "What the hell?" And uh, you know what? Not, it's funny. The fact that GCW is included in that is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I was under Tony Deppin. Like, there's John. There's names in that list, like John Moxley, Alex Cologne, uh Nick Gage, Deppin, Jordan, Oliver. I mean, oh my god. To be was, put in that uh, category is a blessing to me. Not 1994. 1994. Oh, I stand corrected. Yeah, it was. Uh, stand corrected. He beat out Bob Holly, Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, Mikey Whipwreck. 
Bob Holly. I thought I thought the I thought Sheik was in there. Uh yeah, he was. He was number two. Uh no, yeah, that that's was Balls uh, Mahoney. Yeah, Balls Mahoney, yeah. Ninety six was the giant. Close, also another oh. giant individual. One big guy, another big guy. One big guy after Who's another. Stole the have you uh <laughs> yeah I know I, I know your father is retired. Have you guys ever have you ever like been like we gotta have a tag match? Have you ever had an opportunity to do that with him? Nah man, we we got the choke slam somebody together. That was really cool. Um other than that, I mean uh my dad's had two new replacements. He's sixty five years old. You know, he, he tries to get in there and stuff like that, but I mean after that whole incident that happened at ECW uh hardcore homecoming, uh where he picked up Tammy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sonny. Yeah, it was Sonny, right? Yeah, Sonny. Uh, he picked up Sonny, and his, uh, that right when you saw him drop her, that wasn't him just dropping her. His entire knee blew out Oof. right there. Uh, like he uh, he tore his meniscus or something like that, right there. Like he literally, like, something happened. So he's had bad knees ever since that day. Like straight up, has had knee problems since that day, and you know, he works and he gets around and stuff like that. But you know, he he did construction his whole life, climbing roofs. And buildings and pole barns that are thirty feet high. He, he beat himself. He beat his body up. So we didn't. We never really got a chance to tag. Unfortunately, I wish. But I mean, for big guys, we don't. We don't get to. We don't get to run around as long as a lot of these little guys. You know. That's fair. But look, I, you for a big guy. Uh, if anyone saw your match against Juicy Fanu at uh, Fight Nights, bro, you're doing fucking. You're walking the rope like the Undertaker. You're doing Hurricane Ranas, bro. Listen, man. Guy. Uh, back, back, back in my heyday, I was nine Juan Juan, brother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a luchador, man. You don't even notice. You can't notice because the mask, but yeah. Uh, no, uh, but listen, I, backyard, brother. You don't push yourself until you see your friends doing stuff that you want to do. Yeah, I guess so. But man, that, I'll tell you, that's something, that match with you and Juicy is something to see, man. Two fucking hosses. <laughs> And you're up there jumping, doing fucking her and Conranos off the top. It's unbelievable. It's awesome to watch. I got to do something to bring that dude down. He's like 400 and some pounds. That dude's heavy <laughs> as hell. Point. That is the first time I've literally ever powerbombed somebody and almost passed out. What's like, it so, like? Oh, so you're you're a big guy. What's it like? Like, I'm sure you're used to being in there with smaller guys. What do you do when you're there's a he's a fucking hoss. I don't stop. I don't look at people. I, I rarely look at people as a weight. I look at them as an object. So, I mean, Big Juicy is the biggest dude I've ever had to pick up in my entire life. I can't so anybody really under Big Juicy, I'm going to throw around anyway. It doesn't really, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bragging, but I work construction. If I see you and I, if I grab you, if I get my hands on you, you're going to get picked up. You're going to be thrown. So in my line of work, the only thing I'll switch up is that I can do stuff that a lot of other big guys cannot. Like her Karanas and walking the tightrope and stuff like that, and that's why that's how I get other big guys down. That's what I do against them. That's that's where I break out my agility. It's rem- it's it's remarkable to see. It really is. It's a sight. It's a thing of beauty. Thank you. It's now, weird. It's- I, I trust me. I I weird myself out that I can do these things. Don't think I'm not impressed in myself <laughs> when I do it. Don't think that that cell wasn't a mark out after I gave that Rana. If you see my face, that is pure shock and awe in my own eyes. I'm like, holy shit, I did it. Is it something you'll be uh, incorporating into future matches? We'll see who is big enough for me to give it to next time. And tall enough. They need to be my height. 
Can you just uh, can you just throw around Brandon Kirk for me? Because I think that'd be hysterical. Absolutely, I'm going to throw around Brandon Kirk. I've thrown him around before. Let's keep doing it. He deserves every bit of it. Huh. Mm. Yeah, we wrestled at the fair at UWA. Actually, where's the here's a UWA. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Oh, we, you, me and him wrestled the fair a couple of times. Uh, once in a tag match, once in a singles. Matt, where's the heat with Kirk? Where'd that come from? Oh, it's just a we're gonna work. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna throw we're gonna fuck each other up. Just, <laughs> he's got a lot bigger since then, but so have I. It's just a running it's a running running joke with Brandon because uh, when we were trying to get Casey on the show, uh, and then I tagged him in a post, and he was like, "Who the fuck are you?" I was like, "Listen, buddy, let's fucking chill out." Brandon's fantastic. He's a fun guy. We just like the bus balls. Oh, um, no, I know. He's a Rangers fan. We're going to fuck him up anything. Hey, do, you do you. I have no qualms about it. He's like a glutton for punishment anyway. He enjoys it. I broke said, his nose. I broke his nose. You said you build uh, weapons and shit. You ever build anything for that sick fuck Louis Ramos? I built a couple things, but that dude brings his own shit. Oh, I know. <laughs> He's a fuck. That dude brings his own shit. I mean, I got I literally have a bundle of light tubes on my fridge right now for some reason. Um, not, not basically because I found four light tubes randomly and I just taped them together because it's better for storage. And now I have a bundle on top for self-defense. What is the strangest thing they've asked you to build? A glass ceiling. That's ironic. Yeah. Um, I had to build the glass ceiling for GCW. That was that was uh, me looking at him like, what? How? Um, how? Why? Okay. Okay, I can do it. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't say no. That's my thing. Uh, when I tell you the glass ceiling was just the start of it, I mean, I'm, so, I'm trying to think of weird because that's not like the weirdest. That's like the, the hardest thing I ever had to build. Um, God, I don't really build a lot of weird stuff I, usually people bring the weird stuff with them because they don't want to ask me to do it they think it's weird right. <laughs> I mean, uh, fair enough it checks out like casanova building that freaking uh the um the nail dildo oh my god <laughs> you ever see that thing unfortunately oh, yeah. unfortunately yes we have seen it many we've seen all of that stuff we've seen more. i mean i've done i've had to a... i mean in backyard i mean i did electrical fences Nice. I I I used a um. I also hung somebody up upside down by their legs with a skid steer, picked them up in the air, and then pig tased them while they're hanging upside down. Um. My backyard was fun, man. Uh, (laughs) But these are all the uh. I I mean, weird stuff. Not weird yet. I'm sure I'll get something weird soon. Absolutely. Kate wants to know. Kate wants to know what's the weirdest prop Vin has fought with. I fought with. Oh, a mannequin arm. <laughs> so far, a mannequin. I've actually no. I've used an actual prosthetic leg. Oh, nice. It was kind of weird, but funny. But that bitch actually hurt. Yo, dude, those things are like. Oh my god, they build them very well. I'll tell you that. Those things. I got hit like right here. There was like a knot on my head with like the tip of it. There was like a knot sticking out of my head for like three months. Good God. Let me ask you a question. When you are working a death match like you did in SKPW, whose idea is it to involve the lemons? Because that sounds like a fucking terrible idea. Me. Why? That sounds awful. 
exactly. Um, I have a I have a thing for stuff like that. Like, why why not? Why not make the pain uh, a little, hurt a little bit more? Uh, it's gonna burn for a second. One, that's the most sterile. I'm, I'm the most sterile man out there. I'll tell you that mm. right now. I ain't getting no infections in my cuts. Uh, <laughs> a boy. But the lemon. Uh, I mean, see, I've, I've done. I've used lemons a lot. Like we in backyard, we did thumbtacks, lemons, and uh, cinder blocks matches and instead of tables, ladders, and chairs, we did thumbtacks, lemons, and cinder blocks TLC. So. Uh, like these are the kind of things that I grew up with, and lemons, dude. If you, it, it, like, oh man, there's still a great visual effect, and everybody has had a lemon burn them once in their life. Everybody's gotten a piece of lemon in their eye or a, a lemon on their cut. They know how much that sucks. But when everybody sees a light tube shot, a lot of people are like, oh, that doesn't hurt. You know, it's gonna hurt. That fucking lemon after. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, is this picture of you and Stephanie McMahon real? Absolutely, it's real. How did uh? What's the story behind? Oh that? my God! I've been seeing a. I've been. I saw this picture. Yeah, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I went to WrestleMania, brother. She wanted to hit me up. She's like, "Hey, come to WrestleMania," you know. And no, I'm like, "Uh, uh." So um, <laughs> so what's WrestleMania? We were walking around the suite, and there's seven men. Uh, walking saw- around in the club room and stuff like that. I saw seven men. I said, "Yo." Uh, I'm gonna get a picture. I'm gonna say, why wouldn't I? Yeah. So, no, uh, did you do this as as like a like an yeah. ir- ironic type deal, or you just like it's like when am I ever gonna have this opportunity again? I'm gonna do it. Well, of course, there's the irony because I never you know, ever wrestled. I mean, in my head, I'm like, I've kind of said on a couple of podcasts that I'd ever want to work for him. But I would, of course, of course, my money is money. But when I tell you, um, seeing her in real life was, it was kind of weird because, you know, people get starstruck, you know, you know, people, Absolutely. you know, of course, what they call marking out. Absolutely. I didn't mark out at all. I was like, oh, I'm going to get a picture of her. <laughs> that was, that was it. I'm gonna, you know, one of, this is pretty funny. We're all here for GCW weekend. And the way she looked at all of us, she kind of looked like, like she looked at all of us like she's seen us before. So it was kind of weird. She's like, "Hey, welcome." I was like, "Okay." Uh, so you never know. I mean, they watch everybody. They yeah, if yeah. they know, they might know who we are for all we know. Yeah, I mean, they're very friendly and rate rate extraordinarily willing to take the photo. Yeah, seeing the picture, seeing your picture, seeing the picture of Brett with with her and his caption of like me and my dear close friend Stephanie it was just it, it like literally was like the, one of the highlights of that weekend. Well, of course, Brett is dear friends with her, you know. Of course, of but course, I absolutely. Of course, he is. I, I mean, I'm just, I was just shocked I got the beer. Yeah. <laughs> she was yeah, not Brett, like Brett, Brett. Hooked me up. He was like, "Hey, you want to meet my friend?" That's amazing. And she was nice about it. She's really playing up the photo here. Absolutely. She's pointing right to uh, She might know who I am. You never know. Number she 10 wrestler the... in GCW. She better know. You're like uh you're like a fucking like a leprechaun, man. You're fucking giant. You're doing hurricane runners. I do stick rope. out, man. I attract people. I attract people for some reason to me. Like if if, if I'm on, if I'm in a group of people. If somebody's going to ask one of those person in that group of people something, they're going to ask me that thing. For some reason, it's always me. If I'm at a bar and I'm by myself, I can look next to me to be 10 other empty seats. Somebody's going to sit right next to me. 
I don't know what it is. Probably the beard. I, I just look like an inviting person. It's my smile. I don't know. Uh, I see. You don't have any teeth, but. Good God. That's true, what too, a, by the way. What are you, uh, what's, uh, what's in store for 2022 for big uh, fucking Vin? I don't know yet, man. I've, been, I, I've had to slow down a couple of bookings for my, um, uh, just a couple of them because my knee. <coughs> Sorry. Nice. Get, get there. <coughs> uh, messed up my knee a little bit in Dallas. And I messed up my rib a little bit in Dallas. Um, so right now, I'm not like on a long extended break, but I'm taking a, I'm taking a couple of weeks off. Uh, let alone the fact I had to move. So I'm so busy. You know, I just moved my entire house uh, in like a day. So it was rough. Yeah, no, I get We're it. We're still unpacking. So, I mean, what really what's next in store for me this year is, honestly, I want to see some motherfucking gold around my waist. What, if you want to be honest, if you want me to be honest right now, I'm on a, I'm on a, uh, I'm a heat-seeking missile. As soon as my knee and my rib are good to go, I, uh, are we I'm looking at uh, Are we looking at like singles gold, tag gold, any kind of gold? I don't know. I think more singles, but if I was to tag with anybody, you'd probably be the man who I think I humbled. That's big juicy. Ooh. That'd be a hell of a fucking tag team. If he's player. willing to put his bullshit aside and accept the fact that I humbled him and come to me, we could be Vin and Juice. Vin and Juice would not be a tag oh team. Oh my god. Bussy would be uh Bussy would have to look out. Boosie, I'm sorry, how did that say? Oh right? no, absolutely. We can come to those towers easily. You see the size of us? Like we wouldn't wreck house. Dude, Vin and Juice. But you know what though? He did just sign with MLW though. I'm not gonna lie. I think we I think me and him need to go our separate ways for a little bit before we bring out Vin and Juice. <laughs> All right. Because All he's right. an MLW right now. I I, I kind of want a singles title around my waist. And there's a couple of titles I have in mind. I'm not gonna speak my mind yet, but when I, when I when I pick that title out, you'll see my face real quick. I like it. I like it. Well, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure, Mister Big Vin. I know you've had a super busy week, and uh, you got to finish unpacking your house. God bless you for moving in a day. That's unpacking, running around, going to Walmart, going to pick up an uh, issue of PWI, which everybody should do. Fucking PWI. And PWI, get this man his damn issue. That's right. Next time I see it, I can sign it for him. Oh, that'd be good. I love that. That'd be cool. That would just be cool to have. That's awesome. Absolutely. You know, you guys, come on. Come up to me. You know that damn well. I will sign anything for you guys. You know that. Including a PWI. I'm honored to sign that. I'm honored to sign that. I'm getting. I'm going to get a couple PWIs then. Oh, you know what else? Hold on. Two seconds before you guys go. I also got, I don't know if you guys saw. What's that? Uh-oh. I have always on me. Oh yeah, big Vin big trading, trading cards. cards. Damn, that's fucking cool shit, man. You can find them in the collective package, GCW on GCW merch. Yeah, baby, that's dope. That's, that's if you guys cool. get a pack and you guys don't find them, hit me up. I think I know a guy I can get you one. Oh, I dig that. I Sounds dig like that. a plan. Well, I appreciate that. That'd be if great. you're in New Jersey, we're definitely gonna run into you. Oh, I'm, I live in Bayville, man. <laughs> All right. Oh, my buddy has a bar in Bayville. What's the bar? Pig and Parrot. I think that's Bayville. Maybe Bayshore. No, Bayville. Might be Bayshore. Bayville. 
Stop. Pick and it might be. I don't know. I kind of know it's Brielle. Brielle. I'm sorry. I ruined interviews. Brielle. This is That's what like I an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but thank you guys very much. I'll, I'll let you guys go. Hey, have a good rest of the podcast too. All right, bud. Vin, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Anytime you want to come back on and shoot the shit, we'd love to have you. Absolutely. I might just randomly just come on. You never know. I'd love it. As, and then we get that gold, bro. We're fucking, we're Listen, all over. I have my own house. I have like nothing to do. You never know. I might be your third host soon. You fucking hit. Fuck. Please. Like, own this place. Yes. He hates all guests right. anyways. That's why he's not here. Hey. Later. Tony hates guests. Tony <laughs> I'll see guests. you guys later. That's why he's not here. Hey. Bye, brother. Have a good day, guys. Big Vin, thank you so much. We'll talk soon, brother. Big what F a, and Vin. What a guy. Fucking Kate is tweeting about it on Twitter, and she's he's so wholesome. He's that such like just a fucking nice feller. Matt, dare I say? Top five. Top fucking five. Let me just send him a message and thank Big him. Big F and five right there, baby. Dun, 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 dun. Big Ben, if you're still watching, which you're not, I'm giving you a big F and five. Boom. Right to your face. Right to your face. All right. Well, so, well, Kevin, we kind face, of, uh, his face. we kind of touched upon it before Big F and Vin joins us. You may have joined us. Excuse me. You may have touched upon it. I didn't touch anything. No, no. We were t- talking about uh, Battle of the Belts, AEW. Yeah, big week for AEW, man. And I gotta, I gotta retract the statement. I think I may have like half retracted last week, but I gotta like make a full retract and how I feel about about Rampage, man. All right. Like, like I, I mentioned, like Rampage, like did absolutely nothing for me, but the last two weeks, like totally like reversed course, to use uh, you know, boating terms, if you will. Um, the R- Rampage gave us adam page and freaking uh and adam cole in a freaking texas death match on a rampage show that airs at 10 o'clock oh no well this one was seven right this was the seven o'clock vehicle i believe yes it was it was it was because the nba playoffs but i don't know if it was because they were going to do battle the belts after that it was and it was a live show so they wanted to give us the, the best and i'm sure maybe uh they discussed it on the wednesday night show but, uh, dude, I'm, I'll watch, I'll make Rampage appointment television if they're going to keep delivering us, delivering us shows like they have the last two weeks. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, at the, uh, at the start of the show, I had to, I was way behind, man, because of work, uh, things are starting to pick up and, um, I had to watch, uh, all of, uh, the last two weeks of AEW. I had to watch all of elite wrestling. Yeah, I watched all the elite wrestling, uh, and man, look, they're not, it's not a perfect show by no means. So don't, I don't means. want anyone out there to get it twisted, but fuck, man. One week you're giving me FTR in the Bucks. Oh, God. Then you give me fucking Wheeler, Utah, and Moxley. Another gift. And then Wednesday night, uh, fucking the Samoa Joe Minoru Suzuki match was a, a fucking unbelievable. What are your thoughts on just like the coldness factor of it like that there's no there's no like they're giving it to us just for the sake of giving it to us with no story behind it like i mean like we got this we got the story with whatever you want however you want to describe it the story afterwards but the just the story of that match like 
like are you okay with just having like cold big time matches for the sake of them just being there absolutely look look i think we're they aw's they've taken over ring of honor right so we saw super card of honor kind of a direction that they're going right Right. yes with the story with the stories yes yeah things are starting to shape up right maybe Rhett titus was not unfortunately part of the future right so you're going to take an opportunity to use minoru suzuki right and then if you could flip that because joe's there now and joe's around and joe wants all the titles and joe wants to win the owen hart foundation cup and he wants to be the fucking champion like it just made sense and like who doesn't want to see joe and minoru suzuki Okay, you know, I didn't think about the whole uh, uh, TV title factor. I didn't think about that when I when I asked that question. That's a big, a big factor in it. And yes, you had to get that belt on someone, so it might as well have been freaking Joe. Yeah, and right? now you look at you know whenever whatever happens next with Ring of Honor, Gresham is your world champion, Joe's your TV champion, uh, Wheeler is your pure champion, and FTR your tag champions. Like that's a pretty fucking deep lineup and if they bring back like everybody wants six-man titles like take the fucking ring of honor six-man titles and just make them a thing on aew it's a lot of belts i mean it's already a lot of belts but yeah if if ring of honor is truly going to be a a, maybe not a separate entity and for, for the time being it might just be because they don't have the tv time to make it something else it, it 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 needs to be at some point. Yes, to uh, the last episode of Ring of Honor on Sinclair aired this weekend. Yes, I did see that. But so you when you have like twelve belts being defended on a on an AEW show, when three of them, or if you want to even go to Battle of the Belts, where like one of them is a, a Ring of Honor title, like you really need to like. Again, I I don't know. There's easier said than done, probably, but figure out a way to have a ring of honor brand even if it's on youtube i don't even like that idea if it's on youtube like a dark or elevation like if it's only on that they they need tv if they're gonna make it work i think we'll see i think you'll see something i think it's a part two of establishing you know you're essentially and you're interested like there's look it's crazy right but there's people who watch aew that don't know who's on WWE, let alone Ring of Honor. Yeah, you know? that's true. Like, like, like how many people do you think thought, like, how many people who watch AEW do you think, actually, it's probably a lot, but, like, who knew who Dalton Castle was? I was just going to say, there's probably a ton of people, though, who that was their first introduction to him. Yeah. You know, so you're going to, you want to set it up where, like, when this brand launches on whatever channel, wherever, like there's whatever from wherever there's you're familiar with the greshams and wheeler utah who's on tv every week now and then he's going to be excuse me on another programming defending the pure title and ftr and joe and now like now jay lethal and sanjay dutt and this giant indian dude are kind of in this in a role what a fart in church that was man don't you got (laughs) You got with the fucking turning the lights off, bro. That was, a, and he even came out and said it was a bad idea. Yeah, which is fair, which is great. I, I thought it was going to be on the show tonight, Matt. Actually, I thought TK, we were, I thought we were going to get him, bro. I was trying. I fucking <laughs> shoot my shot. I don't give a shit, bro. I don't I give a fuck. I know it was great, Look, man. 
I don't I don't know if you saw the text earlier. The text. But I shot a shot for next week and it's I'm waiting. I got a yes back. I don't want to announce anything because it might go backwards, but why would it go backwards? I know exactly I know. what you're talking about. I was just kind of discombobulated at the time. Yeah, so I just want to until I can get a hundred percent confirmation. Wait, so without saying who it is, why wouldn't it be a hundred percent confirmation? Oh, I don't know. I just I want to make sure. Maybe she wants me to sell my fucking house. I don't know. Oh yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's not even her. <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it's a fake. So my buddy, uh, the true prince of pro, Matthew Birch, he said it really does bother me how sometimes AEW just throws out big time matchups for no rhyme or reason. Like Punk Penta should have been a much bigger deal yeah. than it was treated. Like on Dynamite. First of all, two things. I know the true prince of pro. He had a rough week a couple weeks ago. Great to have you back. Glad to hear you are doing better. Uh, you were definitely missed. Um, yeah. Secondly, I think Kevin, you say it all the time. It's weekly. It's episodic TV, right? Yeah. And yeah. they kind of, and I, I don't, uh, hundred percent subscribe to the rankings, but they kind of made it about the rankings. Like that was the genesis of the match. Like these are two top five guys, and they're kind of telling that story. Like Punk's going after Page. He could be the next guy. So much to keep up with. With the like, like either you commit to the rankings or don't. Like, because then, like, then I have to go ahead and follow that this match is about the rankings, but this one completely ignores the rankings, and we're having it for this reason: either be a storytelling company or be an athletic. And AEW is my favorite show, bar none. Bar none. Dynamite is my favorite. I look forward to Wednesday every week, and I don't. And Matt, I'll tell you what, I don't know fucking why. Like it's good, but there's no concrete reason why. Because I love, I love giving me, giving me Penta Punk, but I also love giving me MJF Wardlow. Right. Like, well, I think everything. That, and again, I said it before. It's not the shows are not perfect. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Well, we saw that. But uh, I think fart. because I think they, I think they good. Like one of their big stories, the MJF Wardlow thing. So like. That's that's and it's fantastic shit. It's yeah. fucking great, but you still gotta, you know, there there has to be as you. It's episodic TV. You have to give us. Yeah, there's there has to be content every single week, so you have to put some. But like, I agree with with what Birch said. And first of all, to even overstate it, I think anything Penta does should be sold. I think Penta should have been like when AEW first started up. I'm like, all right, Penta is like top guy he's like the only like other than maybe ray mysterio mask guy that could be your face of the company i think penta is that guy always have always will and i kind of like now does penta always do this evil thing no is that what he is now with him and gargamel (laughs) abrahantes i love alex by the way he's fantastic yeah but he just he reminds me of uh Gargamel from the Smurfs, right? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Well, Gar- was Gargamel the cat, or was Gargamel no, the guy? Gargamel was the guy, I believe. I gotta look it up. And the cat was not Nelly. It was yeah. Gargamel, Gargamel was the character. And what was the cat's name? And hold on, let me look it up here. Gargamel's cat. Gargamel's cat. All right, we have a name of the episode. Gargamel. 
Gargamel's cat. I feel like it was like Clarabelle or something. No, that was Howdy Doody's clown. Never mind. Um, the name of the cat is Cat Azrael. Azrael. There you go. Yes. Yeah. So Ab- Abrihantes with. I don't. I don't care for Abrihantes. Alex as the the like the Baron von Rasky, but I do like the Penta bad guy or evil guy. He might not be bad. All right, we'll see what happens. Um, this guy out of here. I don't know what that is. I'm getting rid of it. Why? He'd love to buy the couch. What couch? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Maybe he's the guy that that sold his house for Liv Morgan. You never. Uh, he said uh, all I saw was belly buttons, and I was like, I'm getting this out of here. Oh, you didn't even read it. Oh, um, something about I'd love to buy something, and then. Belly buttons. So, Kevin, you had some questions about Battle of the Belts. Did I? You did. Uh, you didn't understand the Sammy hate. Oh, God, yes. What? So now, if that's something that they've been developing, then I guess shame on me for not picking up on it. I just thought, like, you have a, a feud with a guy who literally nobody likes and Dan Lambert. Like, how is Sammy the how how are they turning this into like Sammy being the bad the bad guy in this when Dan Lambert, other than myself, nobody likes? I think uh I think it's all it's a I think it's a die rocky die thing. I think it's natural. I think um the stuff oh, people love Sammy like not too long I ago. I fucking hate Sammy. <laughs> but the cra- he got he he would get like the biggest reactions a lot of times. He would, and then for dude. This 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 story is fucking garbage. Oh, I the... hate everything about the shit with him and Tay Conte. I fucking hate, bro. I don't understand why they feel the need to to do the real life relationship on the TV. I fucking hate it. I hate the shit with the fucking. They're fucking on the belt that Dan Lambert's wearing. They're fucking breaking cars. The fucking dumb shit with the poster board, the two of them together. I can't stand it. And I and I think I'm the only I'm not the only one here because the crowd clearly fucking did not like Sammy Guevara at all. And bro, the fucking kiss at the end of the match. What about it? It was fucking gross. Oh. They're fucking tongue swapping. Tony Schiavone is like, get this off the screen. Well, no, see, that's that that's a heel move. That's a bad. That's a bad couple thing. You, you want if, if your goal is to be the bad people, or the bad guys, or the heels, then yeah, that's something that you do. I just don't know when and where it started. Where they were getting like obliterated. Where like they were the crowd was half Sammy, half um, Scorpio. Scorpio. I think and, it's a, I think dude, it's a natural thing, and why not run with it, right? I I mean I guess, but like you have like Scorpio Sky, I can understand people liking because Scorpio Sky people want to root for because he's he's just like awesome, and he's been there forever since you know I guess day one ish, and people really liked him as a babyface, so they'll continue to like him as a bad guy. But you have Ethan Page and you have Dan Lambert, who are literally like the most probably hated bad guys in all of wrestling. Now, maybe people like Ethan page on the, uh, you know, on the sub tier level, because he's got a great social media presence and he's, he's a likable guy in real life, but how like 
like the two of them, and then you're booing like this. I'm glad, I'm kind of glad it's. I hope this is over because nobody wins if you're booing both people. I I think. Well, what did anything happen? So nothing happened other than that 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 uh the sloppy kiss after the the match, right? Like, did did anything happen after that? Not in the match. I know. I think there was like a like a post match social media like thing where Ethan Cage, Ethan Page, excuse me, cut a scathing promo. Yes. Okay. He was all bloody. And, yes. Uh, yeah, I did see that. But here's right. Like here's Scorpio Sky. Right. He's undefeated. He's your champion. People. Yes, he's with the shitty Dan Lambert, who I think does a phenomenal job. I'm a huge Dan Lambert him. guy. He, regardless, he, of... everyone, everyone hates him. That's his job. Yeah. Right. And then I mean, here's here's the young, good looking kid who was with Jericho for the first two years. The two time TNT champion. Now three times. Well, now he's three times. Yeah. And he's got fucking Tay Conte with him. And they're fucking making out all over God's yeah. green earth. They're putting naked pictures on Twitter. He's fucking easy to hate. Of course you fucking hate that guy. Why yeah. has he got to flaunt that shit in my face? Yeah, that's what it is. I think it's all like the super nerd marks are jealous that like Sammy Guevara is like making out on TV with a gorgeous, gorgeous chick. Right. But like the, the chat, like we're going to destroy your car. That's so fucking juvenile and like... <laughs> Like, this is such a dumb idea. Whose yeah. idea was it? And it's like, oh, I'm fucking cool because I got the hot chick girlfriend. Let's destroy their car. He's just a, he's, his relationship with Tay has turned him into a fucking hateable character. And instead of them pushing back against it and being like, well, he's a baby face, to your point, Kevin, embrace the thing. Fucking yeah. do nasty tongue kisses, right? Kate over here. Maybe we get the double turn. I don't know what the BB things, baby. I think, I think that's an Adam Cole, baby. That's just two deal. BBs, double Bs. Hey, baby. BB. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. I hate it, though. I hate everything about the two of them. They're dumb and fucks. Listen, it's not even like. Pieces. It's not like. All right. So the, the car that they destroyed was what? It was a B, it was a BMW, right? But it wasn't like. It wasn't, a, it wasn't like a nice car. No, it's just fucking juvenile bullshit. Like, I'd be more offended. Like if they destroyed like Susan's van again, like if they went out and just like beat the shit out of Trent or Chucky T or Trent's mom's van, like that's like that's that's a, that's how you destroy a vehicle, not just some hybrid SUV BMW that is from you know. I mean, I would love to have the car, but in terms of a, it's not destroying a limo or spray painting an airplane or something like that no real heat there no it was just it's juvenile it's stupid it's fucking annoying they're fucking annoying hey baby quit shoving it in my face do you get to bang this hot chick i get it Mm. i get it now he's a fucking three-time tnt champion vomit Ugh. yuck enough fucking sammy guevara so your hatred for him lingered since since day one, huh? Uh, no, not since day one, but I'm fucking over him now. Like, did you, did you like him when he wore the what did he have? Like the, the tiger or the panda? What was it on it? When he had the his panda head? on his head? No, <laughs> what? I, people I wonder if people remember that. Like pre AEW when he was working like fucking NWA and he was wearing and fucking pandas on his head. Lucha Underground. I think he did it in AEW at when he first started too. Yeah, I think that first match against Cody, he had the fucking panda on his head. He came out in Lucha Underground. He would have a panda. Oh no, he was a masked guy in Lucha Underground, right? 
Was he in was he in Lucha Underground? I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was in Lucha Underground. I don't think he was, but I'm gonna look it up, Kevin. He was in something. Oh, maybe it was MLW. Was it MLW? He was in Lucha Libre AAA. There it is. Oh, you're right. He was. Oh. Yay. He was cast member for season four of Lucha Underground. It doesn't say what he was, though. I think he was a, a I guess giant... he was Sammy Guevara. He was talking. He was a talking panda. I think he wore the arr, the panda. Pandas don't roar, though. But he wore like the he wore the panda headdress. Pandas are disgusting animals. All they eat is bamboo. I don't understand how they do that. I don't know. They also carry gonorrhea, apparently. Well, they're not the only ones. Uh, we're not going where we were last week. No, I, I meant... Oh, God, I didn't even realize what I said. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't say what his character was in season four of Lucha Underground if he was just... Sammy Gapanda. <laughs> Panda King. He was his, also music, his music also stinks, too. He fucking stinks. Tell a friend. No. Big Sammy guy. Look, I can't take away from his uh, his in ring ability. He's fantastic in the ring, but um, man, his Sammy Gupenda. Uh, I can't. I can't. You can't. He? I can't. <laughs> no. Uh, see what I see what I tried to do. I see, there? I see what you did there. Okay, just no sell it. Uh, you also. Uh, we're curious as to why they're using a different uh, Ring of Honor title. All right, so I was, but then I figured it out, and okay. Kate, Kate the Great, kind of helped me. Yeah, well, well, Look at no, that. actually, no, I didn't figure. It. I I thought that the, I thought that the the belt that I was under the misconception this entire time that the belt that um, Jonathan Gresham had was the pure championship belt. Ah uh, no, he—that's the original Ring of Honor World Championship. Which, which I felt, I thought that they made the Pure Championship to resemble. So I was, I thought that when Jonathan Gresham was the Pure Champion and won the Ring of Honor Champion, I thought that stayed the Pure. The belt that he had was the Pure Championship, not using the Ring of Honor like Jay Lethal Championship. Right. He wasn't the champ. He wasn't the pure champion when he won the Ring of Honor championship, though. So that belt that he had this entire time was an interim world championship. So from when belt did, from when Bandito wasn't able to do stuff. Yeah, so when so, he beat Lethal, that so was the belt that he got. So at final battle, when Bandito couldn't compete, they dusted. That's the original Ring of Honor world championship. That, get that. Totally Banky get that. and all those guys, Jamie Noble and uh, Xavier totally. held. Yeah they dusted that off because it fit into the story where the foundation was trying to bring ring of honor back to its roots. Oh, that's right. That was the foundation was great. So when he beat lethal, that was the title and that's the title he defended. Okay. Uh, up until uh Supercard of honor. And then he beat defeated bandito. And then now that is the world title. Okay. All right. Well, then you know what? That makes all the sense in the world, but there it's very similar to the pure championship. Yes. yes that was the pure. Now were they, was that the case when you had the pure championship and the ring of honor world championship? Were they that similar to them back in the day? I believe, I believe the pure title that Wheeler Utah has now is the same design they had back in the day. Nice. Like the one that like, God, I, it's been a while since I even I can't even remember watching a pure title match before they reinstated it. The belt. It's the one that Nigel had and 
AJ Styles had, so Joe for, had. So for this entire time, when I'm looking at pictures of people wearing the pure championship or vice versa, or no, well, I wouldn't know. If I'm looking at people wearing the pure championship back in the day, I might as well have been thinking that they were wearing the world championship. Maybe. The pure championship only lasted for two years back in the day. Did Matt Hardy ever hold it? No. As a part of Scum? No. That was the stable, right? Scum? Yes, Scum was the stable, but he never held the title. Did CM Punk ever hold it? Uh, No. It was AJ Styles, Doug Williams, John Walters, Jay Lethal, Samoa Joe, Nigel McGuinness, Brian Danielson. John Walters, wow. That's incredible. That's a name. That's a blast from the past. Well, he was he came back for the pure tournament and then he did uh didn't he do Wrestle Pro in Alaska? He did do Wrestle Pro Alaska, you're right. You are correct, sir. Yeah, so uh Lash LaRue is gonna be joining us shortly. He just uh keeps getting set over there. Just uh, you there, saying that is just like what it's is cool, life? right? Like what is life? Like we talked to like everyone, but like Lash LaRue, like bro, like are you serious? Let's bring him in. Let's bring in double L. Mr. LaRue, how are you? How in the world are you going, guys? Good. How's everything on your end? I'm pretty good. I hope is my internet connection okay because I've had some difficulties today. Uh, right now, you sound great. Perfect. Good. Good news. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Hey, it's my pleasure, guys. So, Lash Leroux. Lash can draw on the Twitter machine. Uh, WCW wrestler. You spent a little time in WWE. Uh, what have you been up to the last, wow, 15, 20 years? What, since you've retired, you've kind of laid low. I laid low, man. I've been a ghost. I've been riding underneath the radar, and that was kind of purposeful. I was always one of those kind of guys that, when I decided it was time for me to step away from the ring, man, I was stepping away from the ring. I wasn't going to tip my toe back, back in there. I wasn't going to hokey-pokey around. When I called it quits and hung my boots up and felt it was time, then I did it for good. And uh, I stayed off of social media. I was just under the radar. I laid low. Um, I'm very involved in ministry. I'm an associate pastor at a local Baptist church here where I live on staff there. I'm also in a uh, a chaplain at an assisted living facility in Alabama. I also serve as a co-director for chaplain services for that particular uh, facility. But all of that is just things that my heart is, is in and my passion is for. What I do vocationally, where I make the majority of my income now, is off my artwork, off of caricature gigs. And ever so often, people will get a Lash LaRue sighting because they'll see me in event where I'm drawing live caricatures and I just paid to show up and make other people with my pencil. How awesome is that? <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Uh, let me ask you this, because this just kind of just popped into my head with your, with your, your second, you know, second chapter in terms of your religious and your ministry and that stuff. Was, was there any conflict of interest? Did you feel the way that you do now back when you were in professional wrestling? Was there any kind of conflict of interest? in your beliefs and what you were asked to do on TV? No, actually, I always tried to carry myself and walk in a way, man, that didn't conflict with my faith. 
and it was always extremely important at the time I was very young and always paramount was maintaining my integrity and, and trying my best to, to maintain that Christian, what I held dear, my faith and my beliefs. And that carried through even in WCW. In fact, a very cool uh, experience for me very early on was one of the first nitros I was ever at. Uh, Sting came up to me and, you know, he had spoken to Ted DiBiase and I knew Ted pretty well at that point. And of course, Ted was active in ministry then and still is. And he had heard through Ted about me being a person of faith and being a believer and being such a young guy. And he made it a point to walk up to me and, and say, hey, I just want to let you know that if you ever are experiencing any difficulties or feel overwhelmed or feel extremely tempted, you know, by anything at all, or just have some issues, some crisis of faith, you need someone to speak to, feel free to come grab me anytime, man, we can talk about our faith. And I always thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I've never seen that trying to be head with it. I don't try to beat other people over the head with it. Um, it's just something that's near and dear to my heart. I don't necessarily wear it on my sleeve. I have a thick skin if people don't feel the way that I feel. But that does not change how passionate I am about it. And so then I carry myself and, and become accountable, really, to, uh, to what my faith is and to myself in general. Uh, you, you mentioned the char characters. Uh, and you're over at twoandheads.com slash lash hyphen uh, LaRue. Um, when did you, because I know you had a bunch of stuff published in PWI uh, and The Wrestler, and you even drew a couple comics in the WCW magazine. Who do you go to uh, when you're a professional wrestler? Like, you got your foot in the door, you're doing stuff, you're on Nitro, you're on Thunder. How does it come about that you're also a cartoonist and you're really good at it? Well, it's an awesome story, actually, because for me, I always enjoyed drawing. And somebody that I greatly admired when I was growing up was an artist that drew for Mad Magazine. And I don't know if you guys were familiar with Mad Magazine back in the day. But Mad Magazine was basically a comic book style magazine. And it was a humor magazine that would make fun of movies and TV shows. And they were parodies. And for that to work and for that to be fun, for that to make an impact, it better look like whatever celebrity you're lampooning. Because otherwise, it's just a quick little cartoon and it's a doodle. And I was always amazed and fascinated by artists like Mark, Mark Drucker back then who could draw these celebrities. And the moment you open the, the pages, whether you read that Top Gun banner or not, you go, man, that's, that's Tom Cruise. I can already tell that's Tom Cruise. And you, you could draw him in these humorous positions and still look just like him. And, man, that blew me away. So while my buddies would try to draw Batman and try to draw Superman, I go, Look, those are cool characters, but anybody could draw a square head and put eyeballs on it. <laughs> what was impressive to me were these features that came together to make the celebrity. And so Mark Drucker was interviewed once, and he was asked, how much of it do you think is God-given talent and how much of it is learned? And he said, I really don't know the answer. But what I do know is I've never seen a kid that didn't enjoy drawing. It's just some stop and some keep drawing. I kept drawing. Well, that was me, man. I just kept drawing. And when I was in college, my semester in college, I've always been sort of an autodidactic person, meaning that I, I study things that I find interesting to me. So if I want to be educated on something, I get all the information and resources I can. I don't necessarily feel like I have to take a course in it. Uh, it depends on what books and what materials I can find. It. Uh, I recognize pretty quickly that if I wanted to be a cartoonist or an illustrator, I didn't need a degree for that. Now, it might be helpful, but these magazines at the time, 
By the way, kids, magazines were paper versions of what you saw live back in the day. But anyway, magazines didn't care. The only thing they cared about was uh, whether or not the artwork was good enough to publish. And so I told myself, look, I'm going to give myself a semester. I'm going to take off from college. I'm going to send out some submissions, maybe some syndicates that do comic strips. Let's see if anything hits, and I'll be a cartoonist. So during that time, that semester that I took off from college, that's when I also tried out for WCW. And so it just came natural to me for whatever reason. I went through the power plant tryout, and, uh, man, it was just second nature to me. And it felt right. It felt like a door that God was opening in my life. So I followed that course. And I wasn't maybe a couple of months into it that I finally got a response on all the submissions I had before. And I sold a few cartoons then. And so I was sort of an amateur slash professional cartoonist even then. And uh, the way it came about to kind of really exponentially grow was we would do shows, man, like Nitro. You had to be at the building at noon for a show that doesn't go live on television until 7 or 8 p.m. Because they want to make sure everybody in the town, nobody's lost their gear. If you've got pre-tapes, you have time to do the pre-tapes. If you've got local media, you've got time to do your local media interviews. But if you don't have those things, you've got a lot of downtime, right? And there's only so much time you can spend in catering. So <laughs> I started carrying dry erase markers with me. And I would draw the guys in the back, man, whiteboards at locker rooms. And uh, just draw caricatures of them, man, or cartoons of them. And Kurt Henning, who's a notorious practical jokester in River, man, just loved it. I mean, it was right up his alley. It was near and dear to his heart. And I always give Kurt credit to really encouraging me because he would sit in the locker rooms. I'm just this young kid, man, 19, 20 years old. And he would go, all right, hey, last, last, draw Hulk Hogan. So, okay, I draw Hulk Hogan. Now, draw him really old. I'm like, Kurt, come on, man. You're going to give me some heat. No, it'll be okay. Draw him. So I draw him old. Now draw with a walker and an oxygen mask. I'm going, Kurt, he's in the other room. He goes, hey, don't worry about it. If anybody says anything to you, you just tell them you don't write the news, you report it. And so Kurt was always really encouraging from the get-go, man, and would just sit back in the locker room and laugh so loud when he'd see it. And Ross Foreman from WCW Magazine saw what I was doing and thought it was really neat and really cool. And at the same time, Baptor had seen it as well. And Bill Aptor, I think, was doing WOW magazine. And both of them kind of approached me individually and separately and thought it would be a good idea for me to do cartoons for the magazines. You know, what better than a wrestler who can actually draw doing cartoons for the magazine? That was a novelty. And uh, the only reason why I had such respect still do for Bill Aptor, and I would have loved to have worked with him more closely, but I felt a loyalty to WCW because that's my company. So I began doing cartoons for WCW magazine. Give Ross Foreman full credit for that. Just a tremendous guy, man. And was so great for me at the beginning there. And we just, I dubbed it Lashing Out. And that was my cartoon yeah. feature. I had a very mad magazine feel to it. Yeah. And the first cartoon I ever drew, man, I drew Goldberg. And I drew him his traps really, really big. So big that they covered up his ears. And I had a kid coming and asking for an autograph. And the caption read something like, I'm sorry, kid, what'd you say your name is? My traps are too big. You know, it's kind of a can't hear you type thing. And so <laughs> I took it to Bill and I said, hey, man, I just want to be cool with this before they publish it. And he looked at it and he looked at me and he goes, bro, as long as you keep drawing me that big, you can write whatever you want. 
And so I never again really felt like I had to ask permission any of the cartoons I did of your boys. They were all cool with it because I, I was always even-handed. I was never mean-spirited or anything with any of it. So it went really, really, really well from that standpoint. Kind of so, took off from there. Yeah, I mean, it clearly has. And I remember I had the subscription to, to WW Magazine. I had I had a subscription to Mad Magazine. And I just remember, I think it was Mad. It was either Mad or Cracked where, like, first Spy versus Spy was, like, my favorite thing ever. And then yeah. you had you would fold the back cover it would be like an illustration on the back cover and you would fold it to make something different. That's exactly and, uh, right. That was a mad fold-in. Sergio Aragonis would do those mad fold-ins, man, and they were just phenomenal. He kept drawing, incidentally, up until his 90s and 100s, you know, 90s, you know, up until his 90s. Uh, and I think he's in his 90s now, just a phenomenal artist, a phenomenal cartoonist, uh, somebody I greatly admired. All those bad guys, they call themselves a usual gang of idiots. And they were just <laughs> phenomenal guys. You know, so, I admired them all so great. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, but I just, I just, I do want to ask you about two pretty notable illustrators, cartoonists that are also two of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And that's Jerry, the King Lawler and Brett, the Hitman Hart. Did you have any interactions with Brett Hart about, illustration illustration while you were in wcw while he was there and have you ever had any sort of uh interaction with jerry lawler about art ever well jerry lawler i was never around the king as much as i was bret hart because you know we were in competing companies at the time he and wwe and, and me and wcw and i've done a few events with jerry since then but there were always situations and circumstances where we didn't get an opportunity to really talk a lot and so we don't know each other quite as well. Brad, I got to know a little better. But funnily enough, oddly enough, I didn't realize that he was a bit of an artist himself until after WCW was kind of done. You know, once WCW was done, then I saw some of his stuff online. And I think he back and forth on some social media, uh, you know, sometimes uh, with other uh, wrestlers drawing some stuff he'd done with Ric Flair and some other guys. I didn't realize while he was in WCW that he liked to draw cartoons and he had never mentioned it to me about what I was doing in WCW magazine. So I never had an opportunity to talk to him about it. That's that's so funny. Cause I, I remember Brett's cartoons. I mean, Jerry's were Jerry, the King Lawler's were great, but I remember Brett had such a unique embellishing facial feature style of, of, of drawing and it was just so memorable. Yeah. Like, to, like everyone had either a, a big chin or like a Ric Flair nose or, or something like that. It was just so unique and so entertaining just to look at from a, a single picture. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I do with caricature now. And the great thing about caricature is it's kind of this is over a top exaggeration of whatever somebody's predominant features are. But the the line that you have to kind of walk there carefully is between being mean-spirited and just being funny and pulling in the likeness. And you want to always do it in a way. For me, a, a, a successful drawing is one that the person I am drawing enjoys. It's not enough for me to draw somebody that has big teeth and make them look like a, a horse and then laugh myself and go, this is the greatest thing in the world. I can't believe you don't think it's funny. If the person I'm drawing isn't enjoying the drawing, 
then I don't enjoy the drawing. Uh, Makes sense. Make- I'd gotten up because I thought I had a WCW magazine on my desk and I wanted to see if there was a lashing out in it, but uh, it's not on my desk because I've been cleaning my desk. So my apologies for, for ducking out really fast. I just wanted to see if there was one in there. Um, so you had mentioned that you had been <laughs> under the radar for so long. What made you decide to uh, to get back out there and jump on social media? Honestly, my, my caricature work and my artwork was growing to such an extent that I really needed to be able to take advantage of social media and really get my my uh, ex- extend out my clientele, for lack of a better way of putting it. I needed to be able to bring more exposure to how I was offering myself regionally because the, in the same way that I paid my dues in wrestling, I sort of paid my dues in caricature work as, as well. Uh, I was very, very, very blessed, and I'll be the first to say it, that the magazines we talked about was a great opportunity because at that point, it's a novelty, right? A wrestler who happens to be able to draw a little bit. Similar to what we were talking about, Bret Hart, not so much with King, because I would even say King's stuff is even more more professional, right? But, but yeah, I was kind of like a Bret Hart, somebody that's known for my wrestling but happy to draw. And with me, my feature for WCW Magazine, well, I did lashing out up until WCW was bought out. And then when WCW was bought out, PWI picked it up. I was in the wrestler doing lashing out. And then I would do their PWI annuals, and I would do their year in reviews and their full-page illustrations for that. And this was over the course of about 10 years. So what it allowed me to do was every time I'm doing a drawing, I went from that first Bill Goldberg drawing that I was telling you about where I literally drew it on typing paper, inked it, and I colored it with colored pencils and markers, and I took the hard copy to Ross Foreman and put it in his hands, and that's how it was published. I went from that to it evolved to, I would do my drawings that way with the details in the front, and then I would scan it into the computer because I could tell things were going that direction, and I would airbrush a background in the computer just to get comfortable with it to where my computer skills kept improving and kept improving. And I got proficient in Photoshop. And then I moved to a tablet where I could use a tablet to where now I'll draw digitally directly on an iPad with an Apple pencil, just like you would draw traditionally. And I, and I mentioned all that to say that that time allowed me to kind of grow into a professional artist. So instead of just being this novelty of a wrestler who can also draw, I feel comfortable and confident saying I'm a professional artist now. And during that course, when I left wrestling, it was also extremely fortunate that a lot of caricature artists happen to be wrestling fans. <laughs> so if I reached out to a caricature artist and I said, man, can I pick your brain? And I'm just interested in what do you think about this and how can I get better at that? And he'd go, is this really Lash LaRue? And you know, I'd kind of humbly and meekly go, well, well yeah. And he'd go, well, I got some questions about wrestling only cool with answering their wrestling questions if they answered my character questions. And, and along that same line, I found out there was actually, there's a caricature uh, organization that's a, a union basically called ISCA. And, and it's a group of caricatures from all over the world. They get together and they have conventions and everything else. You can be a member of ISCA, this International Character Caricature Society. And so I, I joined that, and then that allowed me to meet some guys that they actually booked caricature artists out to do live events, similar to when you go to Six Flags or a car, you go to a fair, you see the caricature booth, and they're drawing caricatures really, really quick. Well, 
people book that out for their private events and for, for college campuses, for student orientations, for wedding receptions. And I had a guy ask me that owned one of those companies, hey, have you ever thought about doing live events? Well, yeah, now that you've mentioned it, I have, you know. And so he gave me some opportunities. And I, and I kept getting booked out by agents, just like a wrestler would get booked out by matches. And I kept getting better, kept getting better, made a little bit of a name for myself to the point where now I started booking myself out and kind of control my destiny a little bit more. And that's the reason why I'm at a point now. I have evolved my business separately and apart from wrestling to such an extent that I can utilize wrestling. And, and you know, the fans that are, are nice enough and kind enough and generous enough to still remember me, I can kind of come back in and say, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing now. What are you thinking? To be honest, the response and the support is overwhelming. Let me oh, – sorry, Matt. Um, just because I, I was a fan of you literally since your your start in, in WCW, can you explain a little bit to me about, like, what your wrestling – progress was because when you first started in wcw yeah you would have a match on night show you would have you know your w mostly maybe like a, a, a pro or a saturday night or something like that and but explain to me what the progress was like where we're hey man we're seeing more and more lash larue on our tv i, I lost the last part of that question it cut out on me it's 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 fine. I just wanted to know what you're because we got introduced to you literally out of nowhere, like nothing big in terms of your your debut. You were on TV here. You were on TV there. You were, you know, WCW Pro, WCW Saturday Night and then Night Show. And then all of a sudden stuff stuff kept happening for you. What was that experience like and what were your expectations for your run when you first got there? I, I, I can really appreciate that question. And the reason why I can appreciate that question is I think that it is so important now for anybody that loves the business and wants to break into the business that for whatever reason feels like need someone else to control your destiny or you need writers to give you a specific opportunity or you have to have a push to make something happen. Um, because the story was a was literally a little bit more, I'm going to kick a few doors open myself and and just try some things. And I recently, in fact, as a matter of fact, this is about right now in my life and in my career, I had saw a quote last week somewhere that said there's two points in your life that you really have power. The first point is when you have absolutely nothing to lose. And the second point is when you have absolutely nothing anybody can take from you. You know, right now I'm in a position where I feel like, especially when it comes to wrestling, if I were involved in wrestling now, what I've got, nobody could take away from me. Because even if, if I were trying to be in the wrestling business and I wasn't getting booked or somebody didn't like me here, or if I wanted to stick to my guns on something, well, I wouldn't have to worry about losing my job because what would I just go back to doing caricatures again, right? I'm not any worse off. The same way when I was young, and I first started in wrestling. I didn't know anybody in the wrestling business. I'd never been around the wrestling business. I had never been backstage at a wrestling show when I went and tried out for the WCW power plant. No, knew nothing about it. I literally was sitting at home like any fan. I was watching Nitro when it had first debuted. I'm watching the rise of the NWO and watching WCW such monstrous business that the WCW power plant now has commercials on Nitro for, hey, you think you got what it takes? Come try out. 
if I'm a 19-year-old college kid at the time, 18-year-old college kid, and I'm thinking to myself, you have to be at least 18. Well, I can check that box. You got to be at least 5'9", 180 pounds. I checked that box. I played football in high school and won a state championship. I wrestled in high school and won a state championship. I consider fairly athletic, but even with all those caveats, I really didn't necessarily think that I'm going to be the next thing in wrestling or something like that. What I really truly thought was, hey, how cool would it be to go to a three-day tryout and have a great story with my friends, right? Like maybe, and I had no clue what to expect. Will Hulk Hogan be there? Will, will, will I get to meet Ric Flair and shake his hand and have this great story to tell my friends? Uh, will Sting, you know, the kind of things that were going through my mind, just like from a fan standpoint. And I went for the experience just to try out. And uh, without getting into a lot of my backstory right here, I came from a very, very poor family. Everything I've got in my life, I had to work for. My mom quit school in the eighth grade and had five kids and was trying to raise us on almost no money at all. We lived in houses that didn't have running water or electricity because we there was many times we didn't eat. I was homeless my junior and senior year of high school while I was still playing sports and going out and winning state championships. And so when I went to this WCW power plant, not knowing what to expect, I entered into this three-day tryout and there was 24 guys in my tryout class. And I'm looking around, man, and I'm this smaller guy, younger guy, and there's guys that have already played college sports and they've come through the other side. They were college football players and didn't quite have the thing they needed to make it to the NFL. Some of them were bodybuilders. Some were just guys that they thought they had a great look. They had mohawks. They were juiced up and they, they had tattoos. And if I look like a wrestler, they're going to hire me. They were five. They, they'd be six foot five, 290 pounds with abs. And they just show up thinking that, hey, if I impress the right person, I'm going to get a contract. And WCW at that time and in that point, man, they didn't care in that era. Everybody did the exact same thing. And as soon as you walked in, some cards, Buddy Lee Parker, man, all five foot eight, you know, 230 pounds of just fire plug, drill sergeant from the Coast Guard would say, grab a bucket. And that meant you grabbed a five-gallon bucket, you turned it upside down, and you started doing squats, man. And you would do 500 squats. And then you'd do 25 push-ups, 50 sit-ups. And then you'd run into place, and then you'd do it again. And that's all it was. There was no getting in the ring. There was no learning how to take a bump. There was none of the business being explained to you. And these guys would just start falling out left and right. And I'm looking around, I'm going, oh, this is a gut check. You know, this is sort of like life. And man, if, if you know, they may not want to hire me, but if they're looking for me to leave. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. They're going to have to run me off. And these other guys, man, are just dropping it. And the mentality that WCW had at the time was, you called us, they call you. We've got plenty of wrestlers. We've got all kinds of talent. If you can't do it, get out of here. And so at the end of the first day of tryout, we went from 24 guys, man, down to about 16. And the second day out of that 16, maybe eight showed up. And at the end of that day, you know, there was like six of us left. And then the next day, the third day, me and one other guy showed up. And even then, I don't have a clue what happened to him. They, they, even then, you do about half a day of the same calisthenics, the same running, the same stuff. Then they put you in the ring just to see if you're athletic enough to learn how to take a bump 
to learn how to run, run the ropes, if you got any kind of acumen for it whatsoever. And then they brought you into an office individually. And they sent me down individually. And like I said, I don't do the other dude. But they, they look at you and they go, look, we don't promise you'll ever have a job. We don't promise that you'll ever get a contract. We don't promise that you'll ever work for us or you'll ever be on TV. Only thing we push you, you can pay us $3,000 and we'll train you to be a wrestler. And my mentality was, hey, you pay for any kind of training in this life, right? If I want to be a carpenter, I might have to pay to go to trade school. If I want to be a welder, I might have to pay for that. If I want a doctor, I'm going to have to pay for college. And so if I really think that I can make a career out of this and it can be lucrative and I can make some money, then why wouldn't it be worth my investment, my time, and me believing in myself? And I had 1500 bucks, you know, uh, saved up. I gave that to them. And the rest of it, I worked off moving furniture around the CNN Center. And I would drive to answer your question more specifically on how I go from there to being in the mix, man. I would drive from Alabama to Atlanta. Uh, which was two and a half hours one way and two and a half hours back home, five days a week, 10 hours a day at power plant training, paying them to train me. And I did that for about eight or nine months before they said, hey, you know, we do TV tapings down in Orlando. You can take your gear down there and you can hang around and you can tell the bookers that you're there, the agents that you're there. And if they need somebody to just be a body in the ring, you're willing to go in there and go. And that you would do that, me and some other guys from the power plant, like Mike Sanders. First trip I ever made to Orlando, I made it with Mike Sanders. And we went down there, and we let them know we were ready. We had some matches. I had a match with Perry Saturn on WCW Worldwide that lasted about five minutes. But the guys found out really, really, really quick, man, that I was not selfish at all, that I was there for them, that I would make them look as good as I could possibly make them look. People wanted to work with me. So that made a spot for me. Uh, I came up with my own name. I came up with my own look. You know, my idea was uh, I needed some facial hair and stuff, so I grew that out, and I had the sideburns, and I just kept adding to it, adding to it. I had the double L, you know. And those things, I could, I could share more of how my character evolved, but to tell you how I got in the mix was just guys wanting to work with me and have good matches goes that grows into they see something else in you and you go from having an enhancement match with somebody on the mid card say to having enhancement matches with people in the main event to now you're wrestling people on the mid card and maybe they're beating you but it's a 50 50 proposition you know what i mean to you're beating enhancement guys and you just can grow 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 and if the fans are reacting to you you don't have to be booked in that right and so what happened for me the turning point was I remember being at the power plant and I got a call on a Friday and they said, Hey, can you be at Nitro in Minneapolis on Monday? Well, yeah, of course I can. Yeah. Well, we want you to wrestle Billy Kidman. And this was when he was a cruiserweight champion and they were just feeding him guys that would keep building up his credibility and keep building up his credibility. And they're just thinking on one more body from the power plant that can go in there and have a match. But I went in there prepared and ready to be Lash LaRue. And so I wasn't just doing moves for the sake of doing moves. If I got an opportunity, boom, and then I pop back up and I look at the crowd and I'm doing it. And they see something in that. And because they see something in that, they keep booking me. And because they keep booking me, I've gone from being expecting every day at the power plant to now I'm just on the booking sheet. I'm just getting an airline ticket in the mail. 
and I'm flying out like the rest of the guys, and I'm expected to be at the shows. I'm ready to do whatever they ask me to do. And then when they give you that opportunity to do that, man, you, you get it over. You do whatever you've got to do to connect with the fans in that moment. Because you've got, between the curtain to that ring, regardless of what happens after you're in the ring, you've got that time is yours to do whatever it takes to connect with people. That's um, fast forward a bit to probably your most notable character in in wcw which was of course corporal cajun in the uh the misfits in action how was that idea presented and was it well received by the the original four of you guys which were chavo uh bill demott hammer and um and yourself like how was that received and how was that presented to you it actually was presented to us, and you could throw into that mix too. Originally, it was actually Booker T as well as GI Bro. GI Bro, of course. Yep. And a lot of people don't remember that because it didn't last very long. It was a couple of weeks, and then they were doing something else with Booker T. But the way yeah. that came about, again, and this speaks to if you're young in the wrestling business, and if you're trying to make a name for yourself or you're trying to create a spot for yourself, um, it's so, so, so important that you're able to be versatile and able to think on your feet and think in terms of, okay, how can I take the opportunity they're giving me and make the most out of it? Because they came to us and they had seen something in our workability. Every one of us, you know, uh, could have good matches or we had something about us, especially myself. I can speak very specifically to myself, Chavo and Hugh. And they came to us and they said, look, uh, this is the truth. And this was, this was, by the way, to put it in perspective, this was when Vince Russo and Ed Ferreira first came in. And uh, they set us down and they said, look, we think you guys have great talent. And we've got two choices. We only got so much space on a television show. And we can either find something, some way to throw all you guys together into one segment. Or we can send you home because we really don't have anything creative for you. And, uh, and we said, okay, sure. I mean, we're game for whatever you want to do. And that's where Vince pitched us the idea of the Misfits in Action. And the way that it was literally pitched to us was every show needs a little bit of comic relief to it. So he said, bro, bro, have you ever seen that movie Stripes? That's you, bro. If you haven't seen it, go home, watch it, bro. Bro, I'm telling you, you'll get over. It'll get over. It's just <laughs> you, you guys are going to be the guys from Stripes. That movie Stripes is so great. And we go, okay, yeah, sure, whatever you want us to do. You know, what's that mean? He goes, all right, you're going to wear the camouflage and you're going to be the misfits in action. We go, okay, cool. And so they send runners and production to just go to the local Army surplus store and buy the color camo and bring it back to us. And they literally, I remember they put it in a big pile. And they, here's all this camouflage. Just pick out what you want to wear. And I asked them specifically, and I don't know what inspired me, but this is how I've always been creative and my mind has worked. And I asked them specifically, I said, uh, do we all have to wear the same camo? Are we supposed to match? Can I make it look the way I want it to look? Can I, you know, bro, as long as you're wearing camouflage. Okay, <laughs> cool. So I took two different colors and took them to the wardrobe department. I don't split them up the, diff- up the middle and sew the alternate legs to each other. So I had two different colored legs because I felt that fit my character at the time. You know, I said, can I still wear the Mardi Gras beads? Yeah, you're corporal. <laughs> you're not just a corporal. You're corporal Cajun. So I wear the Mardi Gras beads. 
and I took the bucket hat. I cut the hole in the top of the bucket hat, man, and pulled my hair through the top of it just to look different, just to stand out. Wore the sunglasses. I even took my wrestling boots, I remember. I folded the tops of them down because I thought that looked more like a paratrooper or something, you know? Just had a military look to it. And, and I'm looking around while I'm doing that. You know, Bill's turned his into shorts. He's just cut the bottoms off of them. Uh, he bought these great, these awesome, like, military badges, these patches, like, bombers would wear on the back of their jackets and stuff. And he sewed them on there. And you got Lieutenant Loco. He wants to throw in a little Latin flavor, man. So he's wearing the bandana and the whole deal. And suddenly, we're all doing the same gimmick, but we've got our own take on it, our own flair mm -hmm. on it. And again, that comes, that's what working is. Working is not, do I do what, do I know every move there is to do in the wrestling match? But working is, how do you do those moves in a way that gets your character over so that people care about you? That's what working is. And so we're working so, the character, we're working the gimmick, man. It got over. So, so, uh, two, uh, two part question here. One, did you guys come up with your own names for that or is that Vince? And number two, why was, Hammer, this is some you might not be the person to ask this, but why was Hammer replaced by the wall uh later on? So did you guys come up with your own names or was that Vince and why was Hammer replaced by the wall? Uh they came up with their names for us. They came up with their names for us. And um in fact, knowing that they come up with names for us, uh, I remember Bill was not very happy with his from the beginning. You know, he just kind of thought that's a little too much over the top. Yeah. But he still rolled with it, man, because we were just happy to be in the mix and help, happy to be being used. Uh, and then Hammer, the older I get, the honest I am. And the, I still am diplomatic and I'm still in kind. And, and on a personal level, I always got along with Hammer really, really, really well. On a business level and on a professional level, well, pretty quickly that he was from a cloth than we were. And what I mean by that is, Myself, especially, Chavo, Hugh, and later on, even Jerry. And that's the reason why we sort of kind of handpicked Jerry Toot to be the wall and be a part of our group is because man, we were hard workers and we were hard gunners. We didn't mind proving ourselves as long as you're giving us a chance to prove ourselves. And you don't have to push us to the moon. Just give me the opportunity. I don't have to be the quarterback. Just let me wear a jersey and let me prove my worth, Right. Well, Hammer, on the other hand, as soon as they start mentioning this stuff and they sit down with us and they start talking to us, you know, he, he goes, okay, this is a great idea, but if, if we're going to do this idea, we need to start talking about merchandising and dolls and T-shirts. You go, dude, you're kind of putting the cart up before the horse a little bit with that, you know? And I can remember they first came to him and they went to play off of being sort of a stone stoner, you know? And so they said, look, we're going to call you Private Stash. Well, he had a problem with private stash because that meant his rating was lower than the rest of us. So he wanted to be major stash for whatever reason, you know. And it was little things like that that we could tell were a little bit more ego-driven than they were work ethic-driven. And that just didn't mess with us very well. And we, we went to Ed and we went to Vince and we just said, we just don't think this is a great fit. It's nothing against him personally. We just don't think the chemistry is quite there with him as much as it is with me and Chavo and Hugh. And so the chemistry was there with the wall with Jerry and Jerry was just like us, man, from the same pot. So happy to be a part of the group and part of the crew. And that's what made it work. And when we moved that puzzle piece out, put the other puzzle piece in, 
again, it's a testament, I think, to all of us and what our abilities were and what our talent level was because we were simply booked to be comic relief. And in a lot of ways, we were booked to do nothing but make everybody else look good at our expense. And yet we still got it over. Man, that's working. And that's the kind of stuff you take pride in in our business. Talk to you for hours. (laughs) (laughs) So unreal. It really is. You it's it's fun. We've been doing this for a long time, and it's fun when we get to talk to someone like yourself, Lash, who you don't. You said it yourself, like you're you don't realize like the impact like we grew up watching you like when I booked you to be the, the guest, like we were over the moon, like yeah. super excited. Like we found Lash LaRue. We're going to get to talk to him. Like you had, you guys made such an impact, uh, especially in that era of WCW. Cause it was a lot of, there was a lot of bad. I mean, yeah. you know, Hogan and flair was still floating around and it wasn't the Hogan and flair. Yesteryears. You guys were like the pillars. You were tuning in to Monday Night yeah. Show with Thunder to see and, Lash LaRue and, and now, I don't I don't I don't, I don't want to I hate to cut you off but like you remember like you were like it's so weird because first of all you haven't aged a freaking bit which I don't know how that's freaking possible but uh but at the same time it was just like you're even before Corporal Cajun you were just like like you were the guy that we talked about like for some reason like you were the guy that like have you seen this Lash LaRue guy like he's he's doing work here. It was just, it was so awesome. And Matt, I'll let you go. I'll let you finish because I don't. It, it was just so awesome and to have you here. True WCW fanboy moment for me, real quick. Yeah, no, same for me. It's it's unbelievable. It's great that you you're back out there with the characters with you in the drawing. Um, have you 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 mentioned you do all these big events? Have you done like a like a WrestleCon or anything like that, where you're down there drawing for the fans yet? Now, now, like I said, you know, one of the things that that's sort of a cardinal rule for me when I stepped away from the wrestling business, and the reason why you really didn't even see me on social media or anything else as well was, uh, again, I don't like to do anything halfway in my life, man. And my feeling was I was so scared that I, I didn't even do interviews like this. And the reason why you didn't see me do interviews like this or podcast or anything was to dip my toe in a little bit for me was uh, this fear that I'd be pulled all in, you know, and I just wasn't ready for that. And I wasn't prepared for that. And to be honest, let's be fair. Wrestling's always been about time and you never know what's around the bend and what's around the corner because it changes. And I'm just at this weird point in my life and in my career professionally. And I, when I say professionally, whether you're talking about the wrestling business or whether you're talking about my caricature business or anything else, man, I was blessed that I had to grow up quick as a young guy. And I think maybe, maybe, and I might misread this, but I'm usually a pretty fair judge of people in character. And I think maybe some of the connection that fans got with me early on was it was almost like I was them that had made it. You know, for some reason I had that feel to me, and maybe because I didn't come from a wrestling background, maybe because you didn't see me flounder around on the independence before I finally got a spot, or it was just all of a sudden there was no Lash LaRue, and then there was Lash LaRue, even if he was at the very bottom of the curve. And I think it was kind of like, oh man, he's one of us that's made it because I've always just been everybody else. I was the fan guy, I was the guy that was sitting at home watching it. 
And then suddenly I'm in the mix and I fit in with the rest of the boys. I fit in with the traditional wrestlers. I fit in with the school wrestlers. I fit in with the old school wrestlers to such an extent that they actually in WCW towards the end there, when they had the, the, the new blood versus the millionaire club and that yeah. whole deal, they put me with the old guys instead of the young guys. And I was younger than the young guys. And so I'm at this point in my career now, man, a lot of people don't realize because I started so young and I retired so young. I was 18 when I started, man. I was 30-ish when I retired. And I'm 45 now. How many guys right now in the business are prime at, at 45? You know, you got Lashley, who was just a heavyweight champion, 45, you know. You've got CM Punk close to that age. You've got AJ. Cena close to that age. you got AJ Styles around that age. You've got guys that came after me from a generational standpoint that are older than I am now. And they're still out there and they're still doing good work and having great matches. And yet I've been retired for 15 years. So it's almost like I'm in that position where I'm, I'm still young enough that I don't look like I'm over the hill and past yeah. the but I'm still old enough, been gone long enough, that it's sort of nostalgic and, and, and fresh and, and reminiscent of, a, of an older time for me to step back out a little bit, you know? And so it's a cool spot for me to be in. I think it's unique. I think it's different. And, and I think it's kind of a, a, an untold story in wrestling. I shared with guys, just as a matter of fact, what you guys are referring to, that WCW era, uh, there's a whole generation of lost wrestlers because of the way that the turn of the business went. And with WCW being bought out, you know, when it was really just a, he was still a thriving company. Yeah, it wasn't on the downswing, sure, but all companies go up and go down. It was still a big commodity at the time. It still had a pretty heavy footprint when Vince bought it. And I think there was a lot of, of wrestlers who were very talented guys that were a victim of those circumstances. And because of that, we've looked at the entire race wrestlers that we never got to see the best work from. Yeah. And, and that makes a lot of sense. And I promise you, we'll let you go. I just have to ask you, are you one of those never, uh, never say never kind of guys or is it never? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those you never say never type of guys. Um, at, at the same token, the cir circumstances and situation would have to be absolutely, absolutely right. And again, it's one of those beautiful moments in in a person's life where they truly feel like they're in full can call their own shots. You know, I, I don't have to be beholden to anybody at all. I don't have to take a position or a deal or go with a company that I wouldn't feel comfortable with. I don't have to do anything or compromise my beliefs or my integrity or even my character for that standpoint, you know, just back on TV or just to prove something. So if the circumstances of all the stars aligned, you know, man, you never say never in the wrestling business um, at the same time, you know, and, and the, uh, the reason why you never say never, by the way, is because once it's in your blood, man, it's in your blood. It's always going to be a part of you. And, and I have a lot to owe to rest. And I'm older now, man. I'm wiser. Uh, I never did anything that I would have been completely ashamed of. But I, at the same time, you look back and you see how you could have made some different decisions. 
if you had been wiser at the time and been more mature at the time, I was like 24 when the company was sold or something, you know, I could have handled that situation better. I could have made more of the opportunity I was given in WWE. Um, and I didn't. So you always want to try to get another bite at that apple, but we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Well, Lash, this has been an absolute pleasure uh, for all you guys out there listening, either live or in podcast form. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Lash Ken draw. Uh, and if you want to check out some of his work, Tune Heads, that's Tune Heads, H-E-A-D-Z dot com hyphen, excuse me, backslash Lash hyphen LaRue. Uh, check out his work. And if you got, you know, maybe you got some fun characters you want drawn. Lash is your guy. Nothing is cooler uh, than having a wrestler draw. for Like, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. something I want to do. I might reach out. Maybe we'll get a Shining Wizards character. Maybe he could, Dude, what if we get him to do a, sh- a shirt design caricatures of us. And we put it on a t-shirt. See, there you go. We can do it, man. We can do it. I, I love doing them. And I do a lot of mashups. I call them lineups where I can even draw fans as their favorite wrestler. I can do all kinds of things like that. And, you know, commissions are pr- pretty easy and pretty, pretty simple to do. And I do them all deep. So we can do all the traction just, you know, online. And it's simple enough. It's easy enough. Awesome. Hit me up. And we'll, we'll figure it out. Absolutely. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule. And anytime you would like to come back on the show and talk, we, I mean, I don't even yeah. think we scratch the surface with you. We yeah. could talk to you for hours. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys. You've been very gracious, very kind, very respectful. I can't thank you enough. And hey, just listen la bon You let the good times roll. Lash, you're the best. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your night. We'll talk soon. Sounds great, guys. Thank you. Oh, what a Thank guy. you. Lash LaRue, everybody. That was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, just uh, let me throw this banner up again. Uh, Lash can draw. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Check yeah. out his artwork, tuneheads.com. And that's that's slash uh C-A-N-D-R-A-W. So it's not like his name his last name is Ken Draw. It's Lash Ken Draw. Uh obviously I pe- I feel like people got that, but it's my OCD. But no, you're good, man. What a dude, what a great guy. Dude, that over like I'm not even gonna say top five, Matt. That like over exceeded every expectation I freaking had. Um, and I I don't know while you were away for, uh, like the 25 seconds, the question I asked him, uh, I know exactly what you asked him. Did you really? Yeah. You asked him about Bret Hart doing drawings because I was thinking the same thing. Bret Hart. And I asked both Bret Hart and Jerry and Jerry Lawler. That's awesome. So that was, uh, dude, like I literally, like we didn't, like you mentioned, we didn't scratch the surface. Like I'm like still like marking out right now. Oh, it was such a great time. Such a great time. Yeah. Kevin, I think uh, I think I'm gonna do some live reads if you need to go to the bathroom or grab another adult beverage. Do you need to are we doing we're not do oh so we're not doing commercial break? You're not you don't have to use the bathroom? No, I'm good right now. All right, I do. All right. Well, Kevin's gonna go use the restroom. That's right. And I am gonna talk about the Shining Wizards Network, uh, home to a variety of fantastic shows uh over at shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Home to the Midnight Jury. Their latest episode, Boogie Nights, is up there. So take a trip back to the 90s and listen to them talk about that 
classic boogie nights full of dongs and titties, yo. Um, uh, the Mark Order podcast over there on Wednesday night. I am actually a part of that show, contrary to popular belief, but uh, I have been crazy busy with work, which is why I missed last week's. Uh, they did two shows last week. They did a championship week kickoff uh, after Wednesday Night Dynamite, and then Ant Money and Mrs. Money did a Battle of the Belts 2 episode. So those are both available over at the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, Radioactive Metal, uh, they are fast closing in on their 700th episode. Uh, they do a... Uh, episode where they talk about their trip to the record store um it was record store day so uh, up there in canada so check that out they cover all that you need to know in the world of uh heavy metal and hard rock uh, our boys over at the ringside rant uh they just released the wrestlemania 10 episode so check that out uh and then the inconclusive breakdown uh their latest podcast is 406 mickey's chipper they're talking the Ukraine, Trump, Biden, Elon Musk, Nash Carter, Ezra Miller, and much more. Plus, top 10 video game characters. Uh, so check out the Inconclusive Breakdown podcast. Also, Wrestling Night in Canada is done by Radioactive Metal. Uh, same guys over there. So they do a little Wrestling Night in Canada action. And, of course, the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. Um, their latest episode is from a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's uh, Mania Night 2, Return of the Dill Hole Boogaloo. Uh, so check out Phil uh, and uh, and Choppy because uh, it says Hammer's back in the co-host seat. So I just assume that that's that ghoul, uh, Choppy. Uh, so check that all out over at the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here, home to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight fantastic shows, including the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, and we can't forget the Brocast. Uh, they're not on the network, but they are a great podcast, so you should check out the Brocast, uh, B-R-O-K-A-S-T. Uh, they're from uh, Australia. And let's see what their latest episode is. Uh, their latest episode is they go into Steel Cage Sunday, where they are doing Steel Cage watch-alongs, the Hardys versus the, Har the Hardys versus Edge and Christian from Raw 1999, Team Jarrett versus Team Nash from Lockdown 2005, and Stone Cold Austin. Stone Cold Austin, what an asshole. Stone Cold Steve Austin against The Rock from uh, Raw of 2001. So check out the broadcast at the broadcast uh, over there. And you know what? They're not on the network either, but I want to plug my friends the year of Duke and Rogue. Uh, Kevin will be here next week taking on our very own Kevin and can you beat that challenge and the year of the Duke and rogue, they go chronological order, the two of them and they go through uh wrestling pay-per-views and uh, they break down each show. They talk about it. Uh, their latest episode is uncensored 96. Uh, so check that out year of Duke and rogue and uh, Kevin rogue will be joining us next week for can you beat that against our very own Kevin. So be sure to tune in for that the champ uh yep champ kevin you are the champ champ that's right uh i'm gonna take this time to thank those that support us over on our patreon really fast kevin before we can uh, continue with the wrestling talk and talk about wrestling um if you want to support the shining wizard wrestling podcast and you have a dollar or two head over to our patreon uh patreon.com slash wizards podcast for as little as one dollar a month you can support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. At this time, we want to thank those that support the Shining Wizards Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Kathy Hummer, the queen of the Shining Wizards. Manny Kratzo, the king of the Shining Wizards over there in Austria. 
Uh, Danny and Anthony Rusinello, the AOP of the SWP. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Toe and Sean Calejo. Uh, Kate Hensler over at ondeckic.com. Kate the Great, she does the Fightful Post Show. She does the Mark Order. She does Sour Graphs. She does a bunch of shit. Uh, so if you're following her, great. If you're not, you should be. Uh, I think it's Kate Fabe on Twitter. I don't know. You know, I should really what, have What, Kate? Her. Yeah. Isn't it Kate of Podcasts? Yes. Uh, it's actually, it's Miss Kate Fabe. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the Twitter machine. So make sure you give Kate a follow. Uh, oh, always... look at this, Matt. I don't like this. From JJ. Uh-oh. JJ Rowe, Kevin has a limited time remaining as champ. Ha! Don't make me giggle. That's your challenger for next week, buddy. Oh, I'm, aw- I'm well aware. I'm well aware of who he is. He's a great, great guy, but still, no chance. All right. Well, we're going to find out next week in the Can You Beat That Challenge. Uh, Matt Garifo, no relationship to the KJG. Uh, Maddie Mellinger, Christine Friesendorf, uh, Mark Perloni. Mark, happy birthday. It was Mark's birthday. Uh, yeah, recently, it, so. yeah, it actually was. So happy birthday. <laughs> uh, Kenny Hossey, the Scotch drinks more. Jay Cop, big cop of pump over there from the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. Uh, Thomas Cops, the Mott Spock. Michael Hammond. Matthew Birch, Braden Bergen, the LeBron James of elite Mattel figure collecting, uh, Brendan Haney, Carrie Cowling, Ryan Schlong, Asian Joe, David Henry Bauer the Third, uh, Mike Peterson, Rob Humphrey, I Dunk Biscuits over there in the UK, my man Roll, and last but certainly not least, his pal Antonio Horseman makes experimental music at harvestmanrecords.bandcamp.com. The one, the only, William Mercia Jr. Lives are going to be in William Mercier's hands. You know what I mean? Kevin, I know what you mean. Oh, buddy, the shit talking just continues. Look, JJ Rogue, better looking Kevin is coming for the title. Yeah. Go, go get me a mirror because I'm the better. <laughs> yeah, that took a while. Oof. That, yeah, that was that was rough. I got there though. You did get there. You did get there. It's hey, listen, it's Monday fun day, man. This is like my this is my escape. This is my light. My love, my passion. I, I crush a couple of daddy sodas, Matt. It happens. Yeah, no, I hear you. Well, enjoy it now because Tony will be back next week to destroy all. Oh, so, man. Oh. He's already fucking texting me shit like he acts like I uh, I don't do my homework here. You're is, that a new, is that a new story? Is that breaking? It it's not breaking. It was it was reported this afternoon. Bro. We'll get yeah. into it next week. Uh, Billy Stark, uh, she will be joining us. Plus, uh, we have another guest, but I don't want to say anything until I can confirm. All right, so I, this this part is still confusing me. The person said yes, right? That's all she said was yes. I want to make sure it's locked down. I don't want to go and promote it here and then have to redact. Gotcha. Oh, redact. That's a great word. So I'm big on locking it down. I locked down Caprice Coleman for May 2nd. Oh. I, locked down, I locked down Marche Rocket for May 23rd. That's a lot of get. Oh, boy. You, cylinders. Get out of here. We're firing on all rocket ships. Look, if you are a wrestling fan, this should be the podcast you listen to 
just for the interviews alone. I mean, Lash LaRue, holy shit, what a time. Yeah, it's going to be a bitch of a press release, by the way. Uh, you'll have time, I guess. I don't know. Will you? <laughs> dude, the, like, he was, like, too nice. Like, I, I almost wanted to, like, throw up. I'm like, dude, this guy's ridiculously nice. Oh, I loved it. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air. It really was. Matt, like, that was, like, the perfect way of saying it. I didn't realize it was only 45. A young feller. His birthday oh. is the day after mine. Tony's older than him. Tony's older than a lot of people. Yeah, that's a good... Tony's fucking old. <laughs> uh, anything, anything else you want to talk about AEW before we move this uh, train along? I mean, we don't have to. There's nothing, nothing that, like, I jotted down that would make me want to go crazy about it. So, no, we don't have to. What do you think? Because uh, we got another, Kevin. We got another one Wednesday night, buddy. Another huge announcement coming from Tony Khan. I'm I, I, listen. I don't hate that he does this. I really don't. Because you know why? Like I'd watch anyway, but I want to watch for whatever this is. Whether it's a lights out and a giant failed basketball player appears, or if it's you know he's buying Ring of Honor. I don't like. I'm still going to watch, and he's, and I'm not the only one. So it's, I don't hate it at all, at all. What do you think it is, though? Is there any rumors as to what? There it is a rumor is? that it possibly could be a joint NWA, uh, NWA, all New the Japan? wrestling New Japan show. Which that's wild, man. All right, so all right now, if that's what it is, that's kind of a letdown because, like, everyone assumed at some point they were going to work together anyway. Sure, but is it a? I don't. It's if it's in America. I don't necessarily think that's a letdown. Well, wait, wait. Wasn't there a New Japan pay-per-view this weekend? There was a New Japan show Saturday night. Was that? And we didn't pick it. We did not pick it, no. Did we uh, Did we ever talk about not picking it? Or was it just... Uh, uh, Windy City, uh, the Windy City showdown, showdown, we didn't even talk about picking that. Interesting. I wanted to take the lead on the dunk. Don't worry. We got impact this weekend, buddy. That's the big one. That's Rebellion, baby. And I will fight to pick Wrestling Dantaku on uh, May 1st. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what? It's, it's the New Japan show. What the fuck you talking about? Wrestling Dantaku. Don, Don Taku. Untuck it? No, Wrestling Dantaku. <laughs> Wrestling... Dantaku. We're really running out of shit to call shows, aren't we? No, this is a New Japan show. It happens every year. Dantaku. Yeah. Dantaku Michinoku? D-O-N-T-A-K-U. Dantaku. No, no, thank you. <laughs> Huge show. What, all right, what are the, what's the card? Is, is Tomohiro Ishii on there? Uh, Big Tom is wrestling uh, El Desperado for the IW. Oh, wait, who? Big Tom. You said Big Tom. I'm sorry. Ishii. So they, that's what they call uh, him. No Big Tom. Because he's he's in the States. Is this a J- Japanese show or is this a Jersey yeah, yeah. show? This is Jersey. in uh, Fukoku. Fukoka. <laughs> Kiss your mother with that? Ma- oh, never mind. Uh, here yeah. comes. Look who decided to fucking chime in. If it happens every year, why have we never picked it before? 
Ah, uh, not a terrible point from the donk. Not, I, I don't care. I'll do it. But... We picked the fucking New Japan Cup like two years ago. And we've never picked it again. That's We're true. picking this fucking show. All right. Uh, what's what's I here, here's what I feel like we should do. I'm gonna need a price point for every pay per view, and then I'll determine whether or not that's a pay per view or not. Is it is it fifty bucks? Is it thirty bucks? I don't know what they charge for Japanese pay-per-views. I'm sorry. Oh, but no, because you have the okay, because you get it on uh, uh, the 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 app, right? There's eight matches. Six of them are for titles. But it's on New Japan World, correct? Yes. Okay, so yeah, that still counts. In 2022, that counts. Donk, we're picking it. It's a loaded show. The IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles are on the line. There's a three-way for the IWGP Tag Titles. The Never Openweight Titles on the line. The IWGP Junior Titles on the line. The vacant IWGP US Heavyweight Championship is on the line. What belts did Jeff Cobb and TJP just win? Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn. Oh, that's what I meant. Great O'Conn. Just won the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Okay. They're defending them against uh, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi and Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens in a three-way dance. I don't know why I thought it was TJP. I don't know why. The, TJP is in the United Empire. Ah, that's what it is. There you go. I don't know how we got here. Oh, because we were talking about Tony Khan's big announcement. <laughs> yeah, Tony Okan. And there was a show Saturday. Apparently, the fight feed for the New Japan show was fucking horrendous. That's fights usually pretty good. The whole my understanding, and this is only because what I've read from reports, it took people forever to get into the building, and a lot of people missed the first two matches. Oh wait, so the feed or the actual both. event? Oh, both. okay, both. Oh, getting into the building apparently took forever, and people, a lot of people missed the first two matches, and then the feed was atrocious. You could, you did not get to see a lot of the matches. Apparently, that's not good. No, especially it's not. for a wrestling fight. show. Yeah, and fight, and it was a dude. It was a huge show. Moxley Osprey was your main event. Who won that? Uh, Moxley won. No belt or belt? No belt. No belt. No, no belt was defended. Um, but they're 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 making a story out of it because Osprey's on social media saying he got he kicked out before uh before the three count, and then a bunch of people threw down challenges. Uh, Eddie Kingston called out Big Tom. So, and he's not a right. Is he a regular for New Japan Strong or whatever it's called? He's worked. He's worked. Uh, New Japan. Okay. And this will. He called him out for the uh, May Fourteenth show in DC. Big Tom's getting around. Yeah. Also, is Eddie Kingston? Uh, Moxley. Moxley challenged uh, Tanahashi. Big Big Tanahashi. Big Tom and, and Big Tom. And Brody King called out Minoru Suzuki. God, I have no idea who like who's working where. Like Brody King is still there. Well, there's definitely a there's definitely some kind of agree, you know, like this this lends to the idea of a super show. Yeah. Like now, there's a good there's a good chance in 2022 you're gonna see fucking Okada wrestle Brian Danielson. All right. So where does Kenny Omega fit into all this? Well, he's still hurt. Is he hurt? I thought he was just taking recovering. time off. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know. If, I thought maybe it was just like resting. My yeah. last I checked uh, and got Kenny Omega news, he was still recovering from his many surgeries. Okay. I did not know he had many surgeries. All right. Yeah. All right. So that makes sense. Uh, 
Yeah, he had a bunch of shit that was fucking wrong with him. Yeah. So, what if you were going to book this huge, super big-time event, what would your main event be? There's so many possibilities. You could do Okada, Okada Punk, Okada Brian Danielson. What about like, yeah, like, who do you who do you put on last? Is because you could do like, like a lot of these matches for wrestling purists and wrestling fans. The whole card would be could be main events. Absolutely, there's so that's you know, like is it Okada? So is it is it Okada Punk? Is it Okada? Um, pay, like, would 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 all right? So here you go. Hangman Adam Page is the AEW world champion. He is. Would he be your main event in this type of atmosphere? I don't think so. I don't think so either. And that's not to slight him. No. When you get, when Okada, when Okada cut, when they did the joint show with Ring of Honor, like Okada J. White was the main event. Like that was the headline. Yeah. You know, and look, it, you take nothing away from Taven and Lethal and. Uh, oh God, Okada, Okada, um, Taven, Lethal. There's one more. But, um, damn it. Who the fuck was it? Um, wasn't Dalton? Wasn't? I'm looking it up. Was it? Ba- it wasn't. We weren't at Bandito yet. We weren't at Marty. Oh yeah, all right, whatever. Marty Scurll. I can lose him. <laughs> see that Lindsay Dorado pulled off a show that he was booked on. I did, I did. Good for him, Lindsay. Lindsay don't play, man. Play, look, good for him, man. It's yeah. it's it's a uh, it's nice that people are in a position where they can be like, this guy done fucked up, yeah. I and I am not comfortable sharing a locker room with him, so I'm not going to do the show, yeah. and this will not like destroy his rep. You know, like. Lindsay can get booked somewhere else. Like this yeah. isn't going to be an issue for him, you know. Right. Uh, I mean, fuck. There's so many possibilities. Naito yeah. against against anybody. Would you entertain the idea of it being like a multi-man, like a tag scenario, or like a eight-man scenario, like a like not a Survivor Series match, but you know what I mean. Like the best of. Oh God. What if it was about brand supremacy and you had you had uh, four of a- uh, AEW's top against four of New Japan's top, and that's your main event? Because there's so many, there's so much talent. You could literally have a million matches, even if your main event was four on four. You could. They might do like so. What New Japan did when they did the show with All Japan, right? Sure. They did tag matches. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um. But uh, I don't know. You know, we'll have to wait and see Wednesday night. It's it's. Look, yeah. man, if you're gonna tell me I'm gonna that Okada Okada's coming to the states, AEW's bringing him in, and he's gonna wrestle Brian Danielson. Like, I'm fucking sold, bro. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I'm again, sold. we're Light. we're assuming that that's the sure. announcement. Like, we sure. don't know that. Yeah, could be. A, they could. You, he could be telling us there's gonna be a fucking Ring of Honor show on exactly. TNT on Wednesday nights after fucking Rat in the Kitchen or whatever dumb show they gotta promote. During oh, Dynamite. Uh, uh, oh God, yeah, they—that's annoying. They got to do it, man. I get it. Yeah, and they always, don't they always do it when MJF is out? 
Yes, which I think is hysterical. Yeah, that is pretty funny, actually. That's pretty good. Oh, fuck. Uh, what else do I have here? Hey. So we talked two weeks ago, right? Pat Buck, he decided he was no longer going to do the WWE thing. Here I see Kevin. Is he is he doing production at AEW now? Uh, well, you know, let me seal. I, I wanted I wanted to to make this announcement, um, you know, more official than it is. But um, I want to announce this is a big announcement. Oh, corporate you, Kevin is back, but now go, but now he's employed by AEW. So corporate Kevin is back and. Inside, I was actually considered for this job, Matt. Okay, but I recommended Pat because he's been a mentor and he's been so great to me. Yes, Pat started at a at a Dub, according to everything that I've read. I haven't spoken to him, uh, but Corporate Kevin has said it on very good authority that he will be working for AEW going forward. So that's fantastic. It makes a whole lot of sense for him. Uh, and for AEW because the guys like literally like you sit in like meetings with him and you just learn stuff that you never even thought of like ever. Uh, so that's how that that was actually gonna be my going home if we chose to do that, but it's fine. Uh, it's big news. No, it's quite, dude, I don't care. I'd rather not have a going home, even though it was my idea to bring it back. So it's so terrible. I'm not as good a producer as Pat Buck, but no, uh, Dude, the schedule is a lot easier. I'm sure the money is comparable. I'm sure he loves being able to be in New York with his his wife and kid, and and still be able to be at Russell Pro and and create a pro. So, yeah, I couldn't be happier for him. If, if it, this was the this was the right move, Sanjay, I'm sure had a say in, in doing and making him be a part of this. I'm sure KM did as well. So this is just great. Oh, fantastic! That's great stuff. That's good news. Yeah, it really, Matt, it really is. Like I, when I saw, I mean, I was a little upset that he didn't tell me first. Um, but it is what get it is. The scoop, get the scoop here. Corporate Kevin's back, baby. But he's in a different company. That's right. Now employed by AEW. Well, good for you. Thank you, Matthew. Kevin, let me ask you a question. You, uh, you kind of put a foot back in the pool of the WWE. Um, what's oh, going? Yeah. What's going on with this unification thing with Brock and Roman? Roman has both titles now? Roman has both titles now. And he is known as what? Don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Matt, we're, we're, we're talking about SmackDown on Friday nights at like 9 o'clock. I'm okay. Pretty... Well, apparently, because I only asked, because it looks like we're going to unify the tag titles, too. Yes. All right. So the bloodline, like Roman like kind of like demanded that the Usos go to Raw and get the tag belts from uh RK Bro. So that's probably happening what time is it? Probably it's, hap- it's happening at WrestleMania Backlash. That's right. On Sunday, May 8th. God talk about Duncan Do. What a stupid name this is. Uh <laughs> I think it's Duntaku. I oh, think sorry. I'm it wrong. I don't I'm not trying to offend anybody. It's just you're not offending you know, anyone. That's oh thank you. Uh so backlash, WrestleMania backlash is May eighth, Kevin. This is what we're looking at right now. This unification title between the use the Usos, the Usos, you <laughs> the you so crazy and the RK bro, yeah. Uh, an I quit match between Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. I actually can't wait for that. 
Okay. Uh, Cody Rhodes against Seth freaking Rollins. Any stip on that match or just a rematch? I've seen no stipulation yet. No stips. And it looks like Bianca Belair will defend her title against Sonya Deville. Really? Uh, apparently, um, wait, they announced be- it during Wednesday's episode of The Bump uh, because I guess Sonya Deville attacked Bianca Belair on Monday Night Raw. But isn't Sonya Deville the SmackDown boss or something with Adam Pierce? I don't Bro, know. I don't book it. Yeah, uh, let's see. You should. Uh, she's also she's also wrestled while being an authority figure in a backstage segment on Raw. Fellow authority figure Adam Pierce told Deville that naming herself as Bel Air's next challenger was a complete and total abuse of power. Pierce said he couldn't believe Deville thought she was going to get away with it. Deville said she made it official, and there's nothing Pierce can do to stop her. I'm a big Sonya and Bianca fan, so let let it ride. Are you a fan of SummerSlam 92, Kevin? Oh, am I? I'm a, I'm a fan of anything 1992. Well, because it looks like the WWE is going to run a stadium show in September. Back at Wembley? Uh, it will be at Principality Stadium in Wales. So that could be, that might be like the new corporate gimmick name of Wembley if it's not the same. It's but, Saturday, September 3rd. Yeah. They did not announce an event name or ticket pricing. Hello. But they're going back there. I like it. Good. Listen, if it's not like, if it's a premium live event and it's a Saturday and it's on at like, like would it have to be on at what? Like three o'clock in the afternoon or, or later? It has to be on earlier. What time? Because they're like six or seven hours ahead of us. So it would be like a, like a, a, a two o'clock or one o'clock start if it was going to start at you know, six, seven, eight in that vicinity. It would be an after, it's an afternoon gimmick for sure. It yeah, has to be. Right, right now it is 2.15 in the morning in the UK. And what time is it here? So they are five hours ahead of us. Yeah. That was funny because when I worked at Gray's, uh, we had a lot of communication with the UK and I'd always text people there and they'd be like, dude, I'm sleeping. I'm like, oh, my bad. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Um, Kevin. WWE, Net- WWE Network is bringing back Table for Three. Oh, I love that show when it's done right. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry, Peacock. Excuse me. Peacock uh, is bringing back Table for Three. Kurt Angle, Chad Gable, and Otis. Don't like it at all. <laughs> Give me Jason Jordan. Get Otis at. I mean, all right. It makes sense because all three of them are really, really talented amateur wrestlers. So I get it. Obviously, Kurt Angle's a freaking gold medalist, and both of the other guys have... Gable's been to the Olympics. Otis, I think, was in Olympic camp, like, as a as like a, a prospect. I don't know if he ever actually made it to the Olympics. I'm sure someone can find that out and correct me, but... So, the description of the show says, WWE Hall of Famer Kurt Angle and the Alpha Academy share their journeys from Olympic hopefuls to WWE superstars. Yeah. All right. So, I, I'd much rather make it like a, a four, a table for four, and, that, and give me just some Jason Jordan in there, too. Even though, was he? He may not have had the accolades. That, I don't even know if he has any accolades in amateur wrestling like the other two guys. He is so, Kurt Angle's son. He has accolades. That's true. The genes, the genes are there. Uh, Kevin Impact has their pay per view coming up this Saturday night. Rebellion. 
Oh, baby. Um, We pretty much have the card. We just don't know all the teams in this eight-team elimination challenge. There are some teams. Yeah, there are some teams, but not all of them, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, no, go ahead. I'll let you read that stuff. Uh, so this is what the card looks like uh, this Saturday in Poughkeepsie. Uh, and we will be picking this, Tony, because yeah, it's we will. a fucking pay-per-view, dipshit. Asshole. Oh, he, he, got to, he knows. He knows. Doing it. Uh, world champion Moose defends against Josh Alexander. Probably Trey Miguel defends the Impact X Division Championship against Speedball Mike Bailey and Ace Austin in a three-way dance. The Impact Knockouts Championship is on the line as Tasha Steeles defends against Rosemary. Our Impact Tag Team Champions Violent by Design, Violent by Design defend against seven teams in an elimination match. Uh, Jonah versus Big Tom. Uh, Jonathan Gresham defends the Ring of Honor title against Eddie Edwards. Uh, and Jay White, Steve Macklin, and Chris Sabin is in a three-way dance. Uh, it's so weird because like, like to get into Impact, like they started this um, Bullet Club uh, Honor No More thing. So the fact that like Jay White is still in this match is a little bizarre, and he had no... He had no involvement in the the Alex Shelley Steve Macklin match on Thursday, so it's kind of weird that they're still going with this. I guess maybe it, I guess maybe Jay White gets the win and then pushes into the uh, Honor No More versus uh, Bullet Club feud full throttle. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, anything of note from Impact this past week you want to talk about, Kev? Oh, Matt, have you read the the results of Impact? I have the results in front of me, but I have not gone through them. Ah, oh, well, I'll tell you the, the the only the only story. Oh, the only story is that the first family of professional wrestling is back together on Impact Wrestling, and that is, of course, dear good close personal friends, Brian Myers, Matt Cardona, Chelsea Green, the major players beat the ever-loving dog crap out of Big Cass or William Morrissey and the major players have arrived finally in Impact Wrestling. That's the big news. That's a huge news. That's the best thing ever. It kicked off the show, baby. That's the best thing ever, you say. No, it's a hot, hot, hot open. Wow. Big Cat, Brian accused him of uh, sabotaging his commentary career that he's just a menace and William Morrissey well hurt hurt himself and screwed him this is in Philly by the way so uh this this taping so it was it was great so that's the major players are back baby should they be barking up Morrissey's tree he's a very angry man big oh. angry man you got the belt collector Matt Cardona you got the most professional wrestler Two New York bad badasses, yeah. Together with Chelsea, they can they can deal with they can deal with Big Dub. All right, uh, if you say so, I'll take your word for it. I'm way behind on Impact, so I apologize. No, it's 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 awesome, and uh, and obviously uh, the three count for Impact also includes what I just mentioned the uh, the Honor No More versus uh, Bullet Club feud, which seems to be something that they're 
going with, which was really, really dope. Uh, and then, dude, Jonah and PCO. Jonah is like, he's weird. Like, I don't get him, but when I watch him, like, it's insane. He beat PCO in in a, in the last match of the night, and he, dude, his splash is just like he gets up so high for how big he is, and just like I don't like. You could be the safest wrestler in the world. I would not want to take that. And PCO took it. PCO is still a maniac. PCO is out of his fucking mind. Yeah. Uh, can I ask about two matches that uh, piqued my interest here? Uh, Deanna Prazu and Willow Nightingale. Very good. Very fun to watch. Yes, that's right. And it was a champ champ challenge. Uh, Willow, Willow uh, challenge for the interim championship, I believe, which is what. Oh, no, she has the re- the real championship. Mercedes has the interim one. And uh and of course we're going into Taya and and Virtuosa at the pay per view, so yeah, this was awesome. And then uh, Gresham and Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero has made it clear that he wants that ROH championships. So I would not be shocked if we're going to see them fight somewhere again for the actual belt. Not just a banger, dude. And then they did the code of honor. Of course, took a little while to get there, but they they got there. And uh, Rocky Romero, I, again, we said it a couple of weeks ago. It it blows my mind the the legacy that he has in this in wrestling that you just never really fully realized. And so I mean, you don't really think of him as this is no insult, just the way that things are done. You don't ne- necessarily always think of him as like a, a really true competitor, but if they give this match a real good match feel and it's, it's the ring of honor world championship, whether it's on impact or I think it's going to be on impact or some, somewhere going forward, it's going to be a complete, like mega match, I think, because Rocky's that good and Gresham is freaking Gresham. Gresham's also I tweeted it today. Uh I think that Jonathan Gresham is the best wrestler in the world and I could watch him wrestle all day. Yeah. You I mean you can't with a a solid, you know, face of disbelief disagree with you. Like you can't like honestly right, come I mean, back look, and people- say People have their their opinion. I'm not mad. I'm not saying I'm right, but in my opinion, no. I think he's the best wrestler. All right. So how about this? He's it's a it's a point that can be argued, but it's like you you're not wrong thinking that way. Right. right. Yeah. I like that. That's better. Yeah. Kevin, I'm all caught up on the NWA. I have not watched a second of it, dude. I I watched from the Crockett Cup until now. Everything except uh, the last NWA USA episode because I couldn't find it Saturday at like seven o'clock. I don't know where it was, so I have to do have to go back and find NWA USA. A couple things: the Commonwealth Connection, that which was, is Doug Williams and Davy Boy Smith beat the Dirty Sexy Boys, which um, is Dango and JTG. Yeah, bro, Velvet Sky is horny as fuck for this match. She's all about JT. Uh, she's all about Dango and his hips. It was really awkward. Well, Dango does that to people. Yeah, she was like, she was all about it. I think she, I think she's been like that for a little bit with with them. Like she, like she's like over eccentric, not to a fault, but like with no matter what, like she'll have her opinion on everyone is like literally like the largest opinion or like to the limit you could have on them. So. Yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun match. Don't get me wrong, but she was like super horned up for it. Um, I don't know if Tony talked about this last week, but the Tyrus Slam is a thing. 
right? So if you can slam Tyrus, you get a shot at his TV title. Oh God, I no, I would remember cringing at this if you mentioned right? it. Right. So Sion, he came out and challenged him. The first time he couldn't get him. The second time he almost got him. And right before the third, uh, the third time he tried to slam, Austin Idol came out and he whispered something. In science here, Kevin. Sweet nothings. And it distracted him enough for Tyrus to Pearl Harbor him. Well, we found out Tuesday, Kevin. Uh oh. If it's true or false, we've yet to find out. So it'll be interesting. Austin Idol claims to be Scion's father. Oh, wait, is he a former NWA world champion? He's a former NWA champion. Well, okay. It, um, Would you like me to tell you Austin Idol's pedigree? No, no, no. Please don't. Um, quite, <laughs> you don't want to know the championships he's held? No, I'm quite all right with that. But I thought the whole storyline was that he was the of the son of a former world champion. I it was mean, just former champion. I mean, Austin Idol was an NWA Georgia heavyweight champion. Okay. He I was see. an AWA Southern heavyweight champion. So does the Georgia championship that's that is that that's not and is that technically NWA or no? It's not, right? <laughs> is it not? Technically, technically. Uh, I don't is it the belt? Is it the same belt? No, the lineage is a disaster over here. That's a very good point. Um but that's the story. And I'm sticking with it. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. Uh, Kylie King and uh, Natalia Marko- Markovich had a great match. But Kevin. Uh-oh. Get, lay it on me, Matt. I feel like you're coming with some bad oh. news here. No, no, no bad news. First of all, uh, um, uh, Father James Mitchell now has a stable called The Miserably Faithful. Yes. So, and weren't they? Yeah, I know. I knew about this. Sal the Pal, Judas. And Gags the Gimp. Gags? All right. So which one is the guy? This, uh, and I'm sorry if you're listening because I'm sure all the big stars do. Which one is the one with, who was trying to get in? He was like the hairy guy. That's that's Sal the Pal. Sal the Pal. Sal Renara. Oh, man. Gags the Gimp is fucking hysterical, man. What should I I should watch this because oh, it's fucking fantastic. Because Gags the, the Gimp actually sc- scratches me right where I itch. Oh, Gags, like... He's got the Gimp mask on, and then like halfway through the match, he just opens the zipper and just sticks his tongue okay. out. It's I take it all back. Fucking awesome. I take I didn't know that kind of gimp. I thought you meant like he was just hurt. No. No, <laughs> that no. kind of gimp. It's fucking awesome. No, no. I'm good. I'm good on a freaking <laughs> Dominatrix uh, black mask. Is it a black mask? Oh yeah, he's yeah, in no, the more fucking. Oh, it's great. It's like the Bashams. Uh, it might be before. That might be why I stopped yeah. when I stopped. Yeah. It's like the Gimp from Pulp Fiction. Never seen Pulp Fiction. What? Yeah, I know. It's it's that might be the most heartbreaking thing I've ever said <laughs> on the show. But Kevin, the main event, your boy Matt Cardona defended the title against the Pope, and this was a fucking great match. I love hearing you say positive stuff about my boy. My boy. He now look. Your boy did use shenanigans to get the win. 
a little fucking eye poke when the referee's back was turned, but a win's a win. That's right. But this is, Kevin, if you're going to watch one thing this week from the NWA, this match was fucking great, man. They told a great story. Fantastic shit. Tim Storm's all, Tim Storm wasn't there because he's fucking pissed at Matt Cardona. He's going to fuck him up one day. And uh, Tim Tim Storm can go scratch. Also, I don't know if I've been in a, if, if Tony's not talking about, bro, Trevor, I'm all about angry booger eater. Bad guy booger eater. Bro, I'm all in on bad guy yeah. booger eater. He's going to fuck somebody's day up. Yeah. I love <laughs> I love how like you like switch so quickly. I'm you, all like, in. you literally hated him for months and almost years and now like just because he's got a bad attitude. He's done. He's done. He's mad at the fans. He's mad at the 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 Kyle Davies. He's mad at everybody. Nobody nobody's checking on me. Nobody reached out to me after That's I right. lost to Matt Cardona. I'm going to eat a bunch of boogers and fucking pile drive people. That's what he's doing. What if, what if you made like a Scott Steiner themed T-shirt, the big bad booger eater? Like, I'd put, buy a fucking hundred of them. You should, you should DM him that or send it, send him a tweet. Big okay. bad, big bad booger eater T-shirt. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. A uh, friend of the show, Chris Dickinson, Kevin, he signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling now. I saw that, and I can't wait to congratulate him when I see him in two weeks. So that's fantastic stuff. And then uh, Juice Robinson is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling when his contract expires um, on April 30th. He does not continue plan on continuing on with the promotion. With well, okay, with with them, he wants. Do you think he's going to go back somewhere? Uh, he said in the interview, uh, "I don't really have anybody I want to wrestle. To be honest, I just don't have the urge to wrestle anymore." Well, that this is the second time that he's done that because when he got let go from WWE, he was like, "I'm out." And then he came back and found immense success with New Japan. Yeah, so we, I guess we'll have to watch, wait and see. Oh, I'll be watching. I'll be waiting. Uh, I didn't watch MLW, so I can't comment on that. That's all right. Uh, although Juicy, uh, big F and Vin mentioned it. Juicy Fanu, he signed there. Juice. Uh, what else do I have here? I got a couple things for maybe going home, so we're not going to get into that. Kevin, we did do a, a Wizards Rewind though this week. Yeah, we did. And where is this banner? Do I have it? Is nine thirty? Yeah, we're gonna get we're gonna get through this, buddy. And it, it won't be that hard, actually, Matt. So it's a, no, it, that was the idea. Yeah. Um, something simple, something fun. Um, not a pay per view, not a long show. Uh. WCW Saturday night, July eleventh, nineteen ninety two. God, I don't um, I, like what did you just go to? And here's what's weird about the Peacock is that they have the WCW Saturday Night logo, and it includes Sting and Savage. But the only two seasons or or years of WCW Saturday Night to have is before Savage was even there. It's like ninety two and ninety three. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, no, I just kind of randomly picked uh, a fucking show. Hey, listen, there's one thing that's always for sure is that if you pick a WCW Saturday Night Show from 1992, you're going to see some Johnny B. Bad. Dude, this is so. So we, whatever. I just picked, I was like, we have two guests. Uh, it's just me and Kevin, so we can go longer because we enjoy doing this. That's right. I'm like Tony. No, nope, Tony hates, hates it. Guests. Yep. Um, 
And I said, let's, but let's pick some, well, let's not watch a fucking pay-per-view. Let's do something shorter. So I figure Saturday night's a good, good pick. So I picked this random WCW Saturday night. Just so happened to be, so uh, this is the go-home show before Great American Bash. Which I'm trying to remember which, I'm sure I've seen it. I'm trying to remember which one off the top. Was that with Vader and... um... Who was what was the main event? Was that Sting Vader? So I had to look this up. Throughout the Saturday night episode, they are touting Sting Vader as the main event. But on the show, the main event is the tournament finals for the inaugural NWA World Tag Team Championship. Yeah. That yeah, that that was an ongoing theme. That was pretty brutal. Yes, so uh, <laughs> I did not know this going into this. I just picked a random one because I thought there'd be some gems in here. And I think there was a couple gems in here in terms of, like, just weirdness. Yeah, a lot of weirdness, a lot of great talent, but just placed in weirdness. Yeah, so we are, uh, as I mentioned, we're going into the 1992 Great American Bash, and this is also where we are seeing the tournament for the inaugural NWA World Tag Team Championship. Wait, so wait, the not the inaugural because NWA World the NWA Tag Team Championships have been a thing, right? NWA had tag belts, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna pull up the the the. It was the, a unified. They were gonna try whoever won that tournament. I. I would maybe unify them with the WCW belts. So, um, so this match starts the, and I don't know why it's uh, why it says the NWA. No, it was the NWA belts, right? So this match is also so the the um so. Until it's withdrawal from the NWA, the WCW and and NWA Tag Team Championships are defended together. So, so okay, so it's the rebirth of the NWA Tag Team Championships. Okay, so because you hear as the Saturday Night Show opens, they tell us six days ago there were two huge title changes. Yes. Brad Armstrong beat Scotty Flamingo for the light heavyweight championship. Which are not huge changes at all. Maybe and, the tag maybe the tag one. I'll give you the tag one. Doc and Gordy beat the Steiner brothers for the WCW uh World Tag Team Championship. Yeah. And then they cut a silly promo saying we're gonna unify everything. <laughs> we're gonna unify. I'm gonna talk nonsense. I'm gonna go to Japan and we're gonna so there's like, here's what I don't understand, Kevin. Oh, lay it on right? me, baby. So this Saturday night main event, it's not main event, the Saturday night, WCW Saturday night show, Jim Ross, Bill Watts, and then we sprinkle in uh, Larry Zabisco. Like Larry sits in when Bill. For the Bobby Eaton match. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of tag matches on here, but they don't reflect the, the tournament that's taking like. Brian Pillman and Big Josh is a tag team. But the next night... It's him and Liger. Yes. Yeah, that's... Well, first of all, I, I don't, I can't put myself back in 1992 right now, but the fact that him and Liger were a team is even kind of... 
Like, unless it's like that mutual respect light heavyweight type deal. The fact that they're a team is kind of weird. Right. And they they beat the team of Beef Wellington and Chris Benoit to advance into this. Dude, it was so funny. Like when you see the graphic, it it says Wellington and Benoit. I'm like, who the fuck is Wellington? And then I was like, no chance. It's Beef Wellington teaming with Chris Benoit. Like Wyndham and Rose are a tag team, right? They're in the tournament. Makes yep. sense. Uh, Steamboat and Koloff are a tag team. They're in the I, tournament. Makes that sense. was that was kind of a surprise to me too because they had a match on this card too. Yeah, Pillman and Big Josh just doesn't make any sense. And then they're against Greg Valentine and Dick Slater. Dude, Greg Valentine and WCW will never make sense to me. It's like if it's not Starcade '83, it's it's yeah. right over my head. Yeah. Dude. And Dick, and Dick Slater not wearing chaps or, or jeans will also never yeah. feel right to me. And not the rebel flag on his butt like he was. Bro, there's like prime there's like a primetime wrestling in like 85. Dude, he's on every fucking episode. Like they're trying to put him over huge. He was talented, man. But like my first memories of Dick Slater before becoming an adult and being able to look back was literally him teaming with with Bunkhouse Buck. Yeah, or him, or him teaming with you know me and Mike Enos. It was um, yeah. So the my, so him seeing him in actual like trunks is always, and I'm sure I've seen him in them before, but it's always weird to me seeing Dick Slater in trunks and not jeans or chaps or, you know, a t-shirt and jeans. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's it was. Look, there's nothing on this. Uh, Saturday, uh, WCW Saturday night that is mind blowing, but there are some cool things here. Bobby Eaton and Michael PSAs have a pretty decent match, and they're in that tournament too. The Freebirds, yeah, they beat uh, uh they beat some Australian team, the O'Shea's. They beat uh, El Texano and Silver King. Oh, the Silver Kings. I was one when I saw that too. And this, we're literally just talking about a graphic on the episode of the Saturday night. We're not talking about the actual tournament. But when I said the Silver Kings, I'm like, who's the other? There's only one Silver King. Who's the other? Who's the other Silver King? I do want to find uh, Hiroshi Hashi and Akira Nogama against the Headhunters. Dude, I don't know. I didn't know who either one of those guys were. Like, one of them looked like. Oh God, like a scary clown, but like almost like a an 80s metal scary clown. The headhunters. No, not the headhunters. I know who they are. Those are the the Samoan SWAT uh that's yeah. the SWAT team. The SWAT, the SWAT team. Yeah. But the, the Japanese guys, I didn't recognize either one of them. Like in the graphic, one of them had like crazy, crazy, like either a crazy mask, almost like I don't want to say Muda-esque, but it was um it was bizarre. I didn't recognize either of them. Uh, uh, yeah, weird. Just weird. Uh, Everything about this was weird. This tournament yeah. stuff was weird. Uh, Johnny B. Bad and George South. Johnny B. Bad putting his giant uh, lips on, uh, yeah. on Grandma was funny. So some point I said I, I, I guaranteed that Johnny B. Bad was on the show. One person I did not expect to see on the show was George South. <laughs> did not see that coming. Uh, how about a very slim Mark Canterbury? And another thing I did not know that he was actually before he was part of uh, 
you know, uh, uh, Shanghai Pierce or and Tex Lazo. I didn't know that he was just mean Mark Canterbury. Mean Mark Canterbury is what yeah. he was billed as. Well, the other mean Mark, I don't know what happened to him. Callaway, what's his name? Callus? I, I believe so. He's got a figure. That's what I saw. Yep. Uh, and then your main event, Sting and DDP. Yeah. Wow. That's like I watched it, but until you said it, like that's totally like a mine. Right. Fuck. Like six years later, they're like the two biggest fucking stars in WCW. Yeah. Like DDP in like a four way. I think Sting was the champion going into that match, and he be- ends up being the world champion. Yeah. It was like Sting, Flair, and oh, Savage was the ref. Savage? No, Savage, I think, was the ref and DDP, Flair, Sting, Hogan, I think. Pretty sure. Excuse me. No, I'm pretty I'm pretty positive Savage was the, the ref, which made it weird because Savage and DDP hated each other, and he was the ref and raised the hand of DDP. I think it was Sting, Hogan, Flair, DDP. Sting Hogan. Yeah, it was Spring Stampede '99. Yeah. Sting Hogan Flair with Savage as the ref- referee, and with DDP, right? Obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Still sharp. Still sharp. It was uh, you know, it's nothing crazy, but it was a fun little, fun little watch along. Big Josh and WCW is something I, uh, you know, Matt Bourne is is something. dude. Wrestling was so bad, <laughs> like like. Like watching people like maybe it's because it's so crisp now, but like watching like the way that like Greg Valentine or Dick Slater would throw a clothesline or, or bump or like it was like it was hard hitting and it was I appreciate it, but like it was just, it was that mat like it was bad. The finish was good, like when when they uh when he pulled his hair and he fell onto the to the floor, but then the fi- and then just Greg Valentine's like, hey, I'm just gonna drop an elbow. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the center stage. Yeah, dude, it was like it, there was some, and like no one's gonna say Greg Valentine or Dick Slater or Brian Pillman or uh, Matt Bourne aren't great wrestlers. They're great wrestlers, but this was just like this was t- this was tough to watch. Like, yeah, well, there's also that weird time in WCW where Bill Watts is in charge and like he doesn't want to yeah. fucking pay guys and people probably don't want to be there. So like. There's fucking 200 people at center stage, and you're telling fucking Dick Slater and Greg Valentine to go out there, and they're probably both like, whatever. The fuck, man? I had a cheese sandwich and catering. Yeah. Like, it's so funny when you see, like, when you know, like, because you've been around and you know how people are supposed to bump, and then you see, like, the greatest of all time do it the exact opposite way. Like, it's just so, like, weird to see, like, to see that. Like, when the way that you were taught to bump, these guys are eh, we're good I mean, yeah, it's still that. like like today we're so like judgmental of like go yeah like, home sh- like go home shows like bro this saturday night was gonna sell you to buy the great american bash that was all tag matches and sting versus vader that's fucking cr- and you know what uh, 11 year old Matt would have, if I'd watched this, I would have been like, we need to order the Great American Bash tomorrow. I, pro- Matt, I agree. I had a great time watching. Ron Simmons also had a match on this show, I believe. Yeah, as he, well. beat, uh, he beat Mark Canterbury. That's right. And there was a tag match with two guys. I was like, what? Uh, when Steamboat and Koloff beat Boomer yeah. Lynch and John Peterson. Yeah, like, who <laughs> are. 
who are these guys? And the barbarian was on the show too. He squashed Randy Stallings. Yeah, I, I remember uh, being enamored when I watched this yesterday about with the face paint of the barbarian. Like, again, it goes back to like this point that I've always made. Like, you could be like a mid card guy in like WWF, and then you can come to WCW and just be like, just there. I'm there. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a top guy now. I'm a squash people. Right. They, so here was what I found weird too. They spent the whole show promoting like Sting Vader, Great American Bash. And then Harley Race cuts a promo with the Super Invader. Hercules, right? Yeah. About Sting though. I'm like, why is Invader there? Yeah. Why? And the, and the Super Invader doesn't like do anything. Like, what is no. this leading to? Yeah. 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 I agree. It, it was. It was very strange. It was a very like I might watch the entire 1992 library of Saturday night right now. Yeah. I, I, dude, I might watch the great American bash. I can't, I, I can't believe I've never seen that, that show. Cause I don't remember anything about it. No, I, I don't either. It's all tag matches and the Vader sting match. I, I and I'd like to fancy myself. I'm thinking that I've seen like every WWE and WCW and most ECW pay-per-views ever. I don't remember WCW uh, Great American Bash 1992. It's uh, it's his uh, it's when Vader wins the title. For it's got to be what his second or or no, second time. This first. Oh time. no no! And then Ron Simmons beats him. That's right. That's yeah, because right. he got hurt. Yeah. Wow. Crazy this times, was, man. Dude, go, do yourselves a favor. Like for any like. For those listening or watching, for any sort of entertainment value you think you can get out of 1992 WCW, whether it's wrestling, whether it's you know nostalgia, whether it's fun, whether it's just literally laughing at it, watch it because you'll find a way to enjoy it one way or the other. Like I enjoyed, like I literally enjoyed watching uh, this this episode of WCW Saturday Night like it was a pay per view. Yeah, no, it's there's look, there's good, there's like real nuggets in there. I think I watched one one night where like it was Regal's debut and he was a face teaming with like Dustin Rhodes and Steamboat. Yeah, Steven Regal was a baby face when he like, came in. Real weird. There, there's some good stuff on there. Yep. So definitely check it out. Kevin, do you want to do going home? Uh, no, because we did mine with uh, Pat Buck. Okay. Okay, well, I think Tony would be mad if we didn't mention it. So, uh, it was reported earlier that uh, oh, that yeah, I guess we kind of need to follow up with it since we talked about it uh, last week. Um, Sonny Tammy uh, and her boyfriend have been sued by the estate of the man who died in the car accident she was involved in last month. Um, so. Uh, the lawsuit alleges that Cinch was intoxicated and operating a motor vehicle owned by her boyfriend, and he was aware of the fact that she was intoxicated and that she did not have uh, a license. Uh, the suit seeks in, in excess of $30,000 in damages, um, and uh, she's yet to have been arrested, uh, and they have not responded to the lawsuit. So, I guess we have to keep our eyes on that, unfortunately, to see what happens there. Uh, yeah. I had a couple, a couple other tidbits, Kevin. Uh, it seems like Virgil 
he put out there that he's suffering from uh, dementia, early stages of dementia. Yeah, and so no that's to, not yeah. that's not fun. And he, apparently he had like two strokes or something like yes. that. Yes. Um, but it seems like he's in good spirits. Like he, yeah, he, like he posted. So, so uh, we keep our eyes on that. Uh, Bret Hart will be in the corner of FTR at Big Time Wrestling in June. Dude, yeah, I saw that. And Big Time Wrestling does some, like, like I've never been to a show, but they do, like, again, they're Big Time Wrestling, I guess. Yeah, no messing around here. Oh, come on. Uh, looks like Maria Canales is starting her own promotion, Women's Wrestling Army. And their first That's show will take place May 1st at the FET Music Hall in Providence, Rhode Island. That's a great venue for that uh, that area, the Northeast uh, or the uh, New England area. And the last piece of note I have, Kevin, is that uh, Jim Ross feels like he was misrepresented a time or two on Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah. Uh, and he does not feel like he will be doing any of those in the future. Yeah, I saw that. And he's he's not. And I feel like a lot of people are misrepresented on that show, which is it makes for good TV. It's a good show. But it's just it just stinks um, when you feel like you're not being done justice, which is why we try to do our best to make sure that when we transcript or transcribe um, interviews, we get everything. Yeah. So I do have a going home, Matt. There we go. Apparently, Jerry Lynn, who is. An AEW producer has opened his own wrestling school. I and, also read that. Fantastic. And if you're anyone that wants to be involved in wrestling, I mean, Jerry Lynn is the guy to go to. Uh, so his tweet, after years of getting asked, when are you going to open a school? It's finally happened. Check us out. You won't regret it. In Hendersonville, Tennessee. FXE Wrestling. Um. This is reported to me by PW Insider. So, and echoed the same words. If you were a guy or a girl that wants to get into the professional wrestling business, Jerry Lynn is the most highly regarded producer in AEW, just about, and one of the most highly regarded in ring performers that there's ever been. So, knock yourselves out in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Good luck, Jerry. Good luck, Jerry, indeed. Uh, Kevin. I don't I have another it, going home. Yeah, I don't have another going home. So, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. Big thanks to Big F and Vin and uh, yeah. Lash Larue. Uh, yeah. Definitely fantastic interviews. If you are listening to us podcast form, you're watching us on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter. Please rate, review, subscribe. It all helps the algorithm. The more people that rate and review and subscribe, uh, it it bumps us up a level and it opens up the possibility of new eyes. Uh, finding us and that's all we really ask for it's free it costs you nothing to rate review and subscribe so please do that and help spread the word on your favorite wrestling podcast the shining wizard wrestling podcast tony's back next week uh billy starks next week can you beat that challenge with uh jj rogue kevin rogue from the uh from the year of duke and rogue podcast so that'll be fun uh kevin i gotta find a way to get you this belt next week so I'm gonna. Can, I, I got something in the works, so you can proudly display it. I got. I mean, if if we can't, I have. So I have. I have something in mind. Yeah, we can make. We'll make it work. And um, I also want to say, like, we had a, such a great time at Lasheru, but don't 
sleep on that big Vin interview. That was such a good time. Big F and Vin was was incredible. So uh, the Mark in me was a huge Lasharu guy, but Big fucking Vin was was awesome. So yeah, two great two great interviews. So uh, great Wizards rewind. Lots of wrestling talk. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, check out our link tree on Twitter. That's right. Uh, it's right there at the top. It'll it, it, it'll redirect you to wherever you want to listen to podcasts, all our social media platforms, even the Discord, Pro Wrestling Tea Store, all the rigmarole. Uh, Kevin, I don't I don't have anything else to say. I don't have any like uh, out music. Uh, I can play like one of these like weird. Why don't we we can do a we can do a hard cut, bro? Let's hard, hard cut it. Thank you, thank you for watching for listening every single week. This is dope. Oh. Yeah. Yo. Mm. 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 No, I'm not gonna do it. No, we're not gonna do it. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Shining Wizard Wrestling Podcast. Until then, stay safe. Make sure to neuter, fade, your Where's the stuff? Namaste. Namaste. Right, where, where is this thing? There it is. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.